I'm Laura Palmer, host of Island Crime. Season six, Sweethearts, is the story of three teenage girls who were all murdered in Victoria, Canada within about 12 months. So she was scared. Something out there scared her. You've just created the playground where predators can really thrive. She was a 16-year-old girl. She was a sweetheart. Listen to Sweethearts at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get podcasts. Find your frequency. From the KISS 92.5 studios in Toronto, Canada. This is Roz yes. and Mocha. <laughs> it's Roz and Mocha. What's going on? Hey guys, this is Bruno Mars. This is Selena Gomez. Chain Smokers. Lady Gaga. Calvin Harris. Celestia Carter. You're listening to my boys Roz and Mocha. Roz and Mocha. My boys Roz and Mocha. The Roz and Mocha Show. Uh, between Roz and Mocha, who is your favorite? Roz. Mocha. Roz. I Mocha. You guys are so funny, man. Congratulations, Lisa! You just won $1,000. That is amazing. Y'all just made my entire morning. Keep it up. You guys are awesome, man. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. So this Kellyanne Conway and her daughter Claudia, who's 15 and is this huge TikTok star. And Claudia Conway's been the one that's been like breaking a lot of the news within the Conway house on who has COVID, who doesn't have COVID. Remember, she did a TikTok video saying that her mom was coughing all over the house. Does she hate her mom? And, she does, right? Yeah, I, th- I think that she, I, I think that she thinks that her parents are talented and smart, but she just hates what they do. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but they fight like every mom and fifteen-year-old kid fight. Sure. So what happened was, I guess that Kellyanne was trying to get. Claudia to apologize or take back what she said about all the tests that Kellyanne did um, where one of them was positive or three of them were positive and one of them was negative. Whatever it was, Kellyanne wasn't happy with what Claudia was saying on TikTok and was trying to get her to retract her statement. So, but Claudia just records everything. Oh, gosh. So listen to this. What? You've caused so much disruption. Disruption? We lied about your mother about covid no mom about covid it's how i miss it's how i interpreted Interpreted it it? tested immediately mom i didn't i guess i misinterpreted it you guess you misinterpreted it you guess you misinterpreted it yeah you said it was negative so i spent the day with you send me i got that result you're you're taping me again is trump gonna die no he's not thank god (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i'm not getting off of it because you're being nice to me right now i want to go to sleep are you... Where are you going? Oh. You can come in. Why? Because, honey, I, this is my room. Okay, so <laughs> things are not good. And they got to quarantine together. Oh, no! They're, they're quarantining together. So then she goes on, Claudia goes on, and starts speaking in code. So listen to this. It a guy can... It a guy can again... Not a guy get a get... Itiga, Ridigas, Didigad, Itiga, Gidigan, Vidigat, Wudigad, Hidigat, Pitigan. What? Okay, and so this goes on for a long time. And then people in her comment section are like, if you feel like you're in danger, take one of your earrings out. And then she like takes an earring out and all this stuff. So what she said was, I'm on live right now because I'm scared of my mom. So that, so play the code back. Itiga, can, Itiga, can again, Nidigat, Gidigat. 
Okay. okay. So what this is, and a lot of people are calling it Peg Latin, but it, it's not Peg Latin. It's actually, there's videos of it that you can find from like the early 2000s. It's just a language that kids use called gibberish. Like it's called oh. gibberish. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And the rules are you put IDIG, so I-D-I-G, um, the letters I-D-I-G fit right in after the first one or two consonants of a word unless the word starts with a vowel. And in that case, a word such as of is placed after the I-D-I-G and it becomes idagov. Okay. So, well, okay. You just use the regular words. No, okay. no you can't. <laughs> now you're speaking code. Let me play. Let me play you this right now off my computer. So okay. this was from. This is a video I found from like 2010. Um, and listen to this kid speak in this gibberish language. Okay. Okay. So what he says is, "Hi and welcome to learn gibberish with Austin the gibberer." Okay. Oh, okay. So okay. Li- listen to this. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm but, pretty sure in there he said something about Ermagur. Bro, people understand this though. Like people understand this. Like there's so many videos on how to learn gibberish. Play that again. Okay. So in that sentence he said, in this lesson you will learn the basic formula to forming words in gibberish. But so this is the language that Claudia speaks on that TikTok. Is so play that kid again. Okay, listen, listen. Now, okay. to an untrained ear, gibberish sounds extremely complex. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you exactly what that sounds like? When I hear that kid saying yeah. all that stuff, yeah. it legit made me think of this. <laughs> you think they're speaking Cotton Eye Joe? <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Jessica Alba was on Hot Ones, that show where they have celebrities eat uh, oh, hot, yeah. hot wings. I love it. And I guess she was talking about in 98, she was a guest star, like had a small part, I guess, on Beverly Hills 90210. Okay. And you remember what 90210 was at that. Like you, it was a, the show was a monster, right? Yeah. And so she was talking about what it was like to work on set at the peak of 90210. Listen to this. On the set of 90210, I couldn't even make eye contact with any of the cast members, which was really strange <clears throat> when you're like trying to do a scene with them. <clears throat> oh no. Yeah, I was like, you're not allowed to make eye contact with any one of the cast members or you'll be thrown off, <clears throat> thrown off the set. Yo, she can't handle the wings, I know, I know. Wait a second. 98 sounds very late for for 90210 because the height of 90210 was the early 90s, right? So was that like at the time where the show was on it, almost on its way out? Yeah, I don't even know. So they were all already like big stars. I think that was the Valerie years. I don't even think Shannon Doherty was on 90210 in 98. So she wasn't allowed to make eye contact with any of them. Yeah, she was on two episodes in 98. But who else? But who was the, the principal cast then? Because Shannon Doherty wasn't on, wasn't, didn't make it to 1998. I'm going to say that was around the time when the show was like pretty much done. Yeah, that was season eight of the show. Oh boy. And how many seasons did it last? 
yeah, Shannon Doherty wasn't even on the show. 98? Yeah, 90, Yeah, because the show debuted in 1990, yeah. and it went until 2000. Jason so Priest and Jenny Garth, Einzeering, Brian Austin Green, Tori Spelling, Tiffany Amber Theason. Yeah. Hillary Swank. Was oh, one of the that boy. was that was that season that was the Hillary Swank season. She wasn't allowed to make eye contact with any of them. No, Dylan wasn't even on the show in '98. He had already left. Oh. Yeah, Luke Perry wasn't even on the show then, right? No, he wasn't. Not in '98. No, eight? no, 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 no. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. I really don't. But anyway, so who's she talking about? Who do you think? Kelly, Brian Brandon? Austin Green, Brian Austin Green. Think she couldn't look him in the eye? Wasn't allowed to inter- <laughs> look at him? You know what I mean? That, Who was no, it? Come on. Who was it? Ian Ziering? It wasn't Jason Priestley. Definitely There's no not. way it was Jason Priestley. Not our Jason Priestley. I know. He's in he's in town right now shooting a show. I'm not saying anything bad about Jason Priestley. I love that guy. Um, Who would it be? He would know. God, I hope he's listening right now. I'm going to say Kelly. If, if somebody's working on private eyes, because I know they're shooting right now, you ask Jason right. Priestley, ask Jason Priestley who was on the set that Jessica Alba wasn't allowed to Imagine look at. Imagine he said it was him. And then text us, please. <laughs> and, and Jay, if it is you, text us, okay? Nine two five triple five. We just need to know. <laughs> you were right about Luke Perry. He left in 95. I, what, what do you, you don't have to tell me I'm right, Maury. I know I'm right. <laughs> he but also, you like hearing that you're right. He also has access to IMDb, <laughs> like, just like you. right now. <laughs> God, man. <laughs> This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. We got a lot to talk to Jason Priestley about. He's on hold right now. So the story came out last week, and we had said we wanted Jason to call in then, but he couldn't, so he's on with us um, uh, right now. But Jessica Alba was on that show Hot Ones, where they make you eat hot wings yeah. and then, like, confess to things. <laughs> and she told a story about how she, when she was on 90210 as a guest star back in the day and in 98, and she said that when she was on there, she wasn't allowed to look at the cast in the eye. Like, Damn. it was one of those situations where you're not allowed to look at people. Uh, and, of course, uh, 90210 celebrated a big anniversary on Sunday. Jason Priestley is currently filming Private Eyes Season 5 right now. Jason Priestley, welcome back to the Raza Mocha Show. What's up, boys? How are you? <laughs> doing great, man. How you doing? How's the family? Everybody's good. Thanks, Mocha. So, what's going on? You're uh, you're shooting right now. What's that like? It's, uh, you know... It- it's, there's a whole lot of new rules and protocols that we have to follow. It's different, but it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that are, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of the same, but there are just a lot more rules that we have to follow to keep everybody safe, basically. So are you showing up every day on set for, for season five of Private Eyes, and uh, are you getting tested? Like, does everybody have to get tested? Well, we, we don't get tested uh, every day. Um, we, you know, we have to, we, we get our temperature taken every day, obviously. Um, and we have to fill out questionnaires, but we do get tested every week. Oh, wow. Um, and, and it's, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and as anyone who's taken the test before, it is a rather invasive test. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do to keep everybody safe, right? And it's, um, it's uh, you know, it is what it is. Everybody's just going crazy for new TV because right now it's it's either it's either sports or reality shows. Yeah. And so once we all heard that you guys and other shows were starting to go back to work, like, can you feel that there's just this void of shows like Private Eyes? Yes, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I know myself that when I go on to. Uh, when I go on to Netflix, I am literally I'm scrolling through, going, seen that, seen that, seen that, seen that, seen that. You know, I'm 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 dying for fresh content. So 
you know, I know that uh, I'm sure that other people are as well. Uh, 30th anniversary of 90210 was uh, on the 4th. How does that make you feel? Yeah, well, that makes me feel old. Happy belated anniversary, by the way. We did a, uh, yeah, we all did a, we all did a, a YouTube sort of podcast thing together um and we were all on it and, and so i got to see everybody so that was uh that was pretty cool to get to connect with everybody when was the last time because i know you guys did the the newer episodes but when was the last time that you you got a chance to to sit around and just talk to that many people because it's just not a part of our lives anymore no it's not and and, and the last time that we were all together was actually last summer when we were shooting uh, that uh, that ill-fated, calamitous. Uh, Come show. on! Oh, stop it, Jason. <laughs> hey, did you see? Did you see Jessica Alba when she was on uh, that Hot Wings show? Hot ones? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. But, I, but I, of course, I've read, I've read all the. I've, I've seen all the stuff that's cut, that's been released about it. Okay. Uh, you know, don't you know? Don't look at the stars of the show. Was never an edict um, that came down on our show. I don't know who. I don't know who told Jessica Alba not to look at us. Like, like, look, none of us on that show were. We never thought we were MC Hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Great line, by the way. That's awesome. I love it. So, but do you think though? Like, I'm wondering because you, you guys were so incredibly wildly like famous, like sneaking out of hotels and laundry bins and everything else. Do you think that people within your world did that preemptively because they thought that that's what you guys wanted? Yeah. you, there, there is a very slight possibility that someone, and, and I mean, apparently somebody did because they thought that maybe that was the thing to do. I look, I really, I you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what Jessica Alba's experience was coming on our show as a guest star. I know that, I know that certainly, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I never would have made her feel that way. Like I, you know, I was, I always went out of my way to make sure that our guest stars felt incredibly welcome. And I would always go and talk to them and, you know, make sure that they were, they, they knew that this was a place where we wanted them to succeed. And um, uh, because, because I, because I knew that I, you know, I'd been on enough sets as a guest star and I, you know, I always really appreciated it when the regulars on the show came and made me feel that way. So I always go, I always went out of my way back then and I still do to this day. I make sure that the guest stars feel like they're a part of the show and, you know, like that's super important. So I, I don't know what happened uh, to Jessica Alba when she was, I don't even know if I, like, I don't even think I worked with her. Like she was in a storyline that, that I had nothing to do with. So I, I don't know what her experience was on the show and I'm, I'm sorry that that happened to her, but that seems, it seems really incongruous with everything else that, that, that happened on our show. So I, I don't know what her experience was. So what you're saying, if I get this if I get this right, is that it was all Brian Austin Green. You know, I mean, it must have been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason Priestley, we love you so much. Uh, so season five of Private Eye is currently filming now, but uh, season four, when are we getting that debut? Season four is whenever the fall season starts on Global, which should be uh, any moment. Uh, we are going to be on the fall uh, schedule. Um, and we're going to be on right after Survivor, from what I understand. Oh, oh wow. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah, which is, which is super cool. We're very excited about our time slot. Um, so everybody should just, um, uh, you know, check their, check their fall schedule. And we'll be on right after Survivor. Oh, shoot, dude. I got to tell you, my wife is super excited about that Christmas movie that you have coming up. The one for uh, on <laughs> Lifetime. She loves all those Christmas oh movies, God. man. So it's you, uh, Melissa oh Joan God. Hart, and Robin Givens, right? That's right. 
and Ed Bagley Jr. It's uh, it's uh, Dear Christmas, it's called. And it's going to be on the day after American Thanksgiving. And uh, and as, just as fans of yours and fans of everybody else, can I tell you how much we appreciate you um, providing the update that you did on Shannon Doherty? Uh, we've all been just so concerned and worried and everything else. So thank you so much for that. No worries, buddy. How's she doing? I, you know what? I reached out to her on, on our 30th, uh, 30th anniversary yeah. uh, day, and I, I, I didn't hear back from I her. So, but okay. I'm, you know, I assume she's, uh, I, I hope she's doing well. Yeah, we appreciate it. We appreciate it, man. Jason Priestley, uh, we no always uh, love that you make time for us on the Raza Mocha Show. Thank you so much, brother. No worries, guys. It's nice to talk to you, as always. Right on. We'll chat soon. Take care. All right, guys. See ya. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. If you were given the option to opt out of having the are you still watching thing pop up on your screen, would you? You know, yeah. what, you know when Netflix thinks you fell asleep? Yeah. And they put that thing up on the screen. That's it's like, so are you still watching? And then but you, you have know to you've been watching for a real long time you before that pops up. Let me tell you, man, I had that pop up at a, before noon one day. No. Yeah. How long were you watching? Before noon one day that popped up. How long? Don't even worry about how long. That's my business. Yeah, but oh, sometimes my it, business. Helps. It, it helps, though, if you've fallen asleep on the couch and you don't want to miss anything. That's what I'm saying, Maury. So I would not opt out of that because it does nothing for me to click the button. Wow. I enjoy having that in my life. I, just, I, I mean, don't mind it. First world problems. It's just a nuisance to go and hit the remote to hit the button that says continue yeah that's a nuisance though is it though like is it a in the nuisance? because we have in our house we have netflix on all day we just have it like on kid shows right yeah so every now it's not like my son is sitting in front of the tv but it's just there for background noise sure. and if he walks by and he like watches a couple of minutes then he goes and, and plays or sure. we do other stuff right sure so if i notice that it's on that screen yeah. are you still there are you still watching yeah. i'm gonna walk use my legs and okay. walk over okay. and press Fair the enough. button hey am i using netflix wrong I'm going to say I need, yes. I need some help with this. Sure. Okay, because I keep hearing... <laughs> yeah. Maury, can you go find out for me how many movies are actually on Netflix? How many? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying go count, but go and see if you can find a number no, no, from no, Netflix. Like to count. No, I need to, I'm not asking you to go count the movies on Netflix. Can you please just go find out how many movies Netflix claims are on there for me? Why? Because it's very important to me. I think I'm using Netflix wrong, or I don't know how to use Netflix right. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Okay. Because I go on Netflix and I start looking for something. And I swear to God, every single night of my life, yeah. I see the same like 40 movies over and over and over again, regardless of what categories I go to. And then they just like even start repeating in rows. I'm like, I, I don't want to watch this movie that's in row one. And then that same movie I don't want to watch is there again in row five. And it seems like to me, the recommendations that they're giving to me just seem to get smaller and smaller and smaller, right? Where... I know that Netflix has more movies than what I'm seeing. But I think so. How do it, I access? Like, why can't I well, just I've go to given a you section? The solution to this a long time ago because your net, you watch so much weirdo stuff on your Netflix that I'm sure that they now just cater everything that you've been watching to you with other titles that they are now recommending. But even if I go to movies and then click on. Category like comedy categories. Sure, there's still only forty movies there because they probably know that you're still going to divert to a category that you've already spent so much time. But like building, all those all those prison shows. But that you building watch. no, but building a new profile is only going to work once because as soon as you use it once, it's going to start offering you up things. So according to Fox so Business. How do I how do I do this, Maury? Did you find me a number? 
What does Netflix say? How many? What, what's your number? I see 2,300. 2,300. As of July 20th, yeah. FoxBusiness.com is reporting that Netflix has 3,781 okay. movies. I do oh, not. I was, I was I, checking for Canada. I'm telling you right now, I don't have access to 3,000 movies on my Netflix. No way do I have access to 3,000 movies on my Netflix. How do you do it? How do you, you look search. for a new movie? Here's what search. I think but you search need to do. Well. No, but search by title. Like, if but you what, just, No, no, no. I want to browse. So just go to a category. I do go to a category, and every single day it's the same 40 movies. Hey, listen, you're getting real heated right I'm, now. I see. Okay, you're, you're not talking to the guy that invented I'm just, Netflix. I'm just, oh. okay, don't do that to me, okay? Don't, get don't mad put me in that me. position. I'm looking for insight here. Okay, <laughs> what you, is this? If you do keywords, like if you type in monkey. But why, do, but I don't know that I want to watch something about a monkey. I just want to be inspired by a, a, a title or a box. Like, I just want to go and browse around the whole store to see what they have, right? I don't want somebody standing at the end of an aisle forcing me back down that same aisle again. But what would you rather have? Just those ones that you keep seeing? Or do you actually want to sift through 3,000 movie titles? I want to sift down, to sift through 3,000 movie titles. And then a month from now, you're going to come in and complain that there's too many titles to sift no, through. No, no. What I want is when I click comedies, I want every single movie that is characterized as a comedy to be available on that screen. Every single one of them. That's, Somebody that's, that's called a comedy. Texted and said you got to go into your settings, delete some of your history and some of your. Don't want it. I shouldn't have to do that. Why are you hiding movies from me? This is what I want to know. Maybe because they know that you don't want to no, watch those no, ones. No, I want to watch them all. I want to watch all three thousand movies. <laughs> <laughs> but are you still watching? Oh. <laughs> You're so upset right now. Yeah. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Did you watch Saturday Night Live on the weekend? I did. You, you did? I did. Like, live you watched it? No. Oh. I recorded it. Oh. Watched okay. it yesterday. What'd you think? It was all right. Yeah. yeah. So let's start with the monologue. I didn't mind it at all. And then we'll go back and we'll talk a bit about the, the, the cold open with uh, Trump and Biden. Uh, what'd you think of Chris Rock? I, I love mean, Chris Rock. I'm a, I'm a Chris Rock fan, yeah. so. I didn't think it was a strong monologue, though, to be honest with you. I mean. I thought it was okay. Yeah, it was. it was mainly... I found that the entire thing was just mainly the main message is to get out there and vote. Sure. Yeah. Right? I, 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 yeah I don't know. That I, was the motivation behind everything I think was Trump, for people in the States, get out there and vote. I think Trump getting COVID really threw it off a little bit because I, I don't know if he could go as vicious on Trump as he as he could. But this is a little well, bit of... Here's uh, the line. Yeah. Right. Before we even get started, let's, let's you know, let's, hey, the elephant in the room, uh, you know, President Trump's in the hospital uh, from COVID, and I just want to say my heart goes out to COVID. Uh, (laughs) That was the most kind of like savage that he could go. I know, and it's tough, though, because it's not like he has something that's unique, too, because Michael Moore really stepped in it over the weekend, too, where he was like, he I don't even know what he did. He tweeted out something about rooting for COVID or whatever it was. And the, the problem is that it's not only Trump that has COVID. It's like you, you put out that tweet or you say that joke, but other people's grandparents are dying of COVID. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's really like... It, We're over a million people yeah, in the world who died of COVID. It's, it's tough when you say, you know, my heart goes out to COVID or I'm rooting for COVID, specifically for Trump, because... Regular people's parents are dying of COVID, yeah. and so it's a tough. It's not like a, a Donald no, Trump exclusive thing. No, but uh, but his bit on um, voting on Tuesdays was really great. We got to get out there. We got to vote, but they don't want us to vote. The government does not want you to vote. 
Why do I know they, not, they don't want you to vote? Because election day is a Tuesday in November. <laughs> Why? Will anybody here ever put something on a Tuesday in November? Does anybody get married on a Tuesday in November? Church ain't on a Tuesday. Even Jesus avoids Tuesday. You know, if this show was Tuesday Night Live, it would have got canceled in 1975. <laughs> I don't know, man. I liked it. Yeah, I liked good. having Saturday Night Live back. It did very well, too, because I don't think you're alone on that. I think that everybody's sick of reality television, yeah. and they were just dying for something it was new. It's just nice to see them back on that set, to see the band playing, to see the skits happening, to even see... I was surprised. I had no idea that they were going to have, like, a studio audience I know. There, yeah. Right? Everyone was wearing masks. Chris Rock said that everyone was tested prior to, to showing up, to getting in there. So they yeah. were all still sitting shoulder to shoulder, but I was extreme. I had no idea that they were going to allow it, fans. It, in it there. was the best opening they've had in four years. The best uh, season oh, premiere. Yeah, yeah, already? yeah, yeah. It was the best season premiere in uh, in four years. What'd you think of Jim Carrey as Joe Biden? I liked it. You did. Huh? See, yeah. For me, I thought that it was Jim Carrey dressed up as Joe Biden, but he was still very much Jim Carrey. Oh, for sure. Where where Alec Baldwin is, like, he transforms Donald into Trump. Donald Trump. I didn't mind it but at all. But to me, it was still Jim Carrey, which is wild to me, because Jim Carrey can do characters. Yeah. But he was still just Jim Carrey, which I don't mind. Now, Mr. Vice President, and only Mr. Vice President, <laughs> would you consider adding additional justices to the Supreme Court? They won't even answer. I just <laughs> asked and he won't even answer it. Just like he won't answer about his son Hunter and Burisma and the mayor of Moscow and Obama was spying on me and he emailed Benghazi. <laughs> Mr. President, you're just listing terms you heard on Fox News. It sounds like you're saying the names of characters from season four of a show that no one has watched. Sheriff of Portland. <laughs> Mr. Vice President, your turn. Look. Here's the deal. Can I respond to that, Chris? Will you just shut up, man? <laughs> yeah, people love that line. I don't know. I'm glad SNL is back. Yeah. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Uh, so Trump is back at home. Did you see this yesterday? Where Yo. he like whipped off his mask like he was revealing himself. Isn't he still contagious? As Iron Man? Um, yeah. <laughs> so what's he doing? Like yeah. flaunting around like he's a man. <laughs> he's delusional. So symptoms of COVID. They release him and there's all sorts of videos and I don't know whether he's Well, being reckless? Pants were too tight or whatever, but there's like videos of him standing there where it really looks like he's gasping for air. Like really looks like he's gasping for air. Uh so yeah, he, wh- his lungs are full he, of COVID. he whips his mask off like it's no big deal and then releases this video. I just left Walter Reed Medical Center. I learned so much about coronavirus. And one thing that's for certain, don't let it dominate you. (laughs) Don't be afraid of it. You're going to beat it. I went. I didn't feel so good. And two days ago, I could have left two days ago. Two days ago, I felt great, like better than I have in a long time. I said just recently, better than 20 years ago. Don't let it dominate. Don't let it take over your lives. Don't let that happen. We're the greatest country in the world. We're going back. We're going back to work. We're going to be out front. As your leader, I had to do that. I knew there's danger to it, but I had to do it. I stood out front. I led. Nobody that's a leader would not do what I did. And I know there's a risk. There's a danger. But that's okay. 
And now I'm better, and maybe I'm immune. I don't know. But don't let it dominate your lives. Get out there. Be careful. Thank you very much. And Walter Reed, what a group of people. Thank you very much. <laughs> you didn't beat coronavirus. No, you have it. Like currently, it's still man. still in your system. Stop flexing, bro. Oh, my God. And uh, Claudia Conway, Kellyanne's daughter, who was blown up TikTok, she was saying that Trump is not better and that they're just literally managing um, how horrible his symptoms actually are. How can the doctors release him, though? And like, then, isn't there a protocol? Like, he's got to stay yeah. confined? Well, he. I mean, most of us don't have access to the space that Donald Trump does in the White House where you can have full medical staff there and I basically guess. treat a room like it is a it is a hospital. But it was all about the optics, you know, in and out of the hospital in two days, whatever. I'm a champion. I'm a champion. Yeah, I am Iron Man. And uh, Kelly How's Ann, his wife doing, by the way? Nobody knows. We haven't heard anything at <laughs> no, all. Nobody knows. About Melania since Thursday. No, no nobody knows. Damn. But Kellyanne tweeted, Kellyanne Conway tweeted, because I guess people were, her daughter was trending all day yesterday. Again? Yeah, she tweeted, my daughter Claudia is beautiful and brilliant. She has access to top doctors and healthcare and lives comfortably. Like all of you, she speculates on social media, yet she's 15. You are adults. We have COVID, but it's clear who's really sick. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Jim and Maury have been working on a project in his ongoing series of Quarantale. Oh, yeah, we got a new one of those today. Chapter six. These are great. Jim and Maury will make cold calls, just randoms across the country. And start a story off and have them just continue. Yeah. So like you have no plan going in. Maury just makes Except up for the, the opening first, line. The first couple lines of like a story. Yeah. And then strangers have to continue it on. Just and the blanks. Now, do they know what each other has said before them or no? They do. Yeah. So you got to read the whole thing. Like, oh, my God. Anyway, these are amazing. It's one of my favorite things to come out of uh, COVID. Hey, it's Maury from the Roz and Mocha Show, and I got to get you on Roz and Mocha's Quarantales. I, I can't really hear you, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm out of dinner. Oh. Oh. It'll only take a couple of minutes. Yeah. Sorry, bro. I, I'm good. <laughs> Sorry, not great. Hello? Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You are the lucky caller because you are going to start off Chapter 6 of Roz and Mocha's Quarantales. Okay. First, let me begin. <laughs> the chicken was left on the counter oh, no. unwrapped. But he thought, I always wrap my chicken. And as he inched closer to his bare meat, he realized all the seasoning was gone. And that's when he pulled out his phone, and this CSI, the chicken scene investigation, began <laughs> with a call to his next-door neighbor. The neighbor came to investigate, and we found tiny, minuscule footprints with a trail of seasoning leading up the stairs to the attic. <laughs> we followed the footsteps up the stairs and uh, stopped next to the youngest child's bedroom door. We hear some animated chatter behind the threshold, and the CSI turns to whisper to us, the culprits are still in the house. Oh, God. Um, the neighbor quickly opens the door, startling the little boy who is talking 
to several small dog figurines that somehow <laughs> came to life and oh. were shaking seasoning out of their fur. <laughs> Hello? It's Maury from the Roz and Mocha Show, and I've got to get you to add the next three lines for Roz and Mocha's Core and Tales. Yes, bro. Let's do this. I love telling stories. <laughs> three, two, and one. Go ahead. The young boy then looked at both men and said, take as much as you need. The big dog there has the most flavor. But the little dog there, the one in the corner that has not yet come to life, is the most dangerous. I don't believe either one of you are ready to reap the reward. <laughs> the two men stood frozen in the doorway, um, looking at each other in disbelief. They asked the small boy, why is the small dog so dangerous? Because he bears the most knowledge. Are you worthy of this, he asks. Damn. Before the men could answer, the army of dogs sprung to life, oh. charging straight towards them. <laughs> the men sprinted out of the room and bounded down the stairs. But although they were running for their lives, they stopped dead in their tracks in complete horror at what was waiting for them at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> this story is so good. Hey, how are you? Good. It's uh, Maury with the Roz and Mocha show, and I'm going to get you to end so our story on Roz and Mocha's Corin Tales. Uh, can I can I start the story? No, it's been started. You're going to end it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay, anytime. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, so, uh, a sweatshop of chicken huh? is just down there churning out dog figurines, uh, and there's like a, a chicken wizard in the corner. And he's and he's just blessing these dog figurines in, into mortality, and then over them, taskmasters, human ones, human taskmasters, and they're and they're just throwing uh, seasoning all over the chickens uh, to to remind them that they're chickens and they can just be lunch at any time. So the the CSI guys arrest all of the taskmasters and set the chickens free. And I got to tell you, big mistake, because then the chickens start running around, uh, and, they're, and they're just free now. And they start uh, pecking every human uh, as revenge and just ripping them limb from limb. Oh, and they're like, damn. no wings, you know, and then laughing, <laughs> weird chicken laughs, I guess. And, and, uh, and, it's, just, and it's just mayhem uh, and chaos. Oh, best ending ever. Wow. Do, do, do. Uh, okay, have a great day. Do awesome things. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Took a turn, huh? <laughs> so there you go. That was chapter six in Ross and Mocha's Quarantales. This is the Ross and Mocha Show podcast. Um, so a lot of rumors around the MCU and uh, Kevin Feige... Or Feige? What, how do you say his name? I think it's Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. Uh, he's the, the head of uh, MCU, Marvel. And one of the stories is that they want Ryan Reynolds to sign a massive multi-project deal, which would be bigger than any other deal that anybody's had so far within the MCU. Wow. So wow. think about how big of like Downey Jr.'s deal was. But so they his want- deal, Deadpool is still, yes, he's MCE, like he's Marvel, mm-hmm. but he's never been included in any of the 
traditional MCU that we know. No, and then there's all these weird rumors swirling around about Kevin Feige wanting to build a multiverse. So we talked about this last week with uh, Spider-Man where they want to apparently have Tom Holland... Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire all in one movie as Spider-Man from a multiverse. I'm down. And then you get to Doctor Strange and the rumor is that Emily Blunt is in talks to, or Kevin Feige wants Emily Blunt to play Black Widow. So the Black Widow movie with Scarlett Johansson isn't even out yet which is a prequel to one of her story, but they want Emily Blunt to play Black Widow. And the reasoning for this, according to, this is according to a YouTuber uh, named uh, Grace Randolph, and a lot of other people picked it up, that Emily Blunt was the original first choice to play Black Widow. Oh, And then she had to turn it down because of a contract that she had to do something else at the time. And then Scarlett Johansson came in. And what they're now saying is that Kevin Feige is interested in going back to other people who were top choices or second choices to play some of the roles in the multiverse, meaning, take this for what it is, okay, it's a YouTuber, I just want to get your opinion on it. I'm not saying it's fact, I just want to get your opinion. But So that would mean things like Emily Blunt would come on and play a version of Black Widow in a multiverse. It also means that somebody like Tom Cruise could come in and do his version of Iron Man in a multiverse. John Krasinski, who was apparently auditioned for Captain America, could be a Captain America in a multiverse. Are you interested in that Jim or no? Halbert as Captain America? Yeah. Are you interested in that or no? Absolutely. You are, I'm huh? down. I'm down for all of this. Wow. Yes. Okay. I'm a huge fan of multiverse stuff. So, Absolutely. Because we know Doctor Strange is called in the multiverse of madness. Yes. So they've already decided that this is going to be the plot point for plot point for Doctor Strange 2. But do you want to have other actors playing characters that we've only just recently said goodbye to? Yes. You do. I'm ready for it. Wow. Yep, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Okay, man. Bring okay. it on. Okay. Here we go. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Did you hear these unreleased Mariah songs? No. It's all uh everything just has so much Mariah stuff over the weekend. I saw her book in like three stores I was in. Not that I was out gallivanting around. I, I was going to say, up, I where were up, you? I had to pick up some essentials. Grocery what, stores. Books? No, because some grocery stores have like a little book section in them. Oh. And then some drug stores have like a little book section in them. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. It's in all those. Oh, okay. It's not like I'm not, you know. And were there like hundreds of fans all clamoring <laughs> for the book? Stop. Don't be such a troll. You're only a troll because you know that Maury's a huge Mariah fan. Well, I'm asking. You do that for nobody else's benefit but but that. Like, no, like it, <laughs> hey, it serves man. no other purpose. You're saying you it said. It serves no other purpose other than to troll Maury. That you saw the book everywhere. So yeah. I just assume that there would be fans no, out. No, you only do this. Maury, come in here. We just sit on your duff in there. Your microphone's even on. The red light's been on since I brought up Mariah Carey. I said Mariah Carey and your microphone went on. Yeah, but my dad always said, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. And so now you're taking that advice. <laughs> <laughs> our, our, one of our books actually finally came in. Yeah, have you read it yet? Matthew's reading it right now. Why aren't you reading it? Because there's one copy. Mine hasn't shown up yet. But why don't you just read it when he's not reading it? Oh, he said don't touch. Oh, that's so weird. Damn. Way to save on money. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, it's just so weird. 
It's so weird. Uh, anyway, so I guess, where are these songs from, Mark? So she released a double CD over the weekend called Rarities, like okay. songs. Some are B-sides, but some are a couple that we've never heard before. And so these are two that you've never heard, correct? And they're... Like, oh, you got to hear these. Okay, so uh, this one is Here We Go Around Again from 1990. Yeah. I wish I understood what can get over you. That's very 1990. Oh, yeah, very. You push me to the side, but I come around. Right. You the reason you never heard this one? It's very like. It's not much to it. No. Yeah. It's very doctor's office. Yeah. All right. And uh, now from 1993. Oh, God. 1993. Oh, wow. uh, all I Live For. Oh, sounds very much like 1993. Yeah, big time. It's like when Luther Vandross would try to do an up-tempo pop song. Yes. It would sound exactly like that. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know what you think of that. I think my mom would like it. Yeah. yeah. That's not what I thought you'd say. Oh, what'd you think I would say? I thought you were going to be like, oh my God, these are so good. No, you didn't, Maury. Yeah, I think my mom was going to like these. I did. No, you did. Like my aunt would like it. Yeah. Yeah. Does it sound like Mariah? Oh, yeah. To me, it doesn't sound like Mariah. The first one, not this one. This one doesn't at all. No, not, no, 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 no. And this one has that 90s guitar thing where it goes, Ooh. Yeah, she's just not giving it her all. No, like to me, she's not wailing, right? And no. that's what you... These, these are like... Especially 1993 Mariah. Yeah, for like, me, these are like uh, like practice songs before she really started to, to sing her heart out for the tracks that made the album. Yeah, I guess. Say what you will. It's the number one album right now. Yeah. Well, I will say what I will. These two songs aren't great. (laughs) (laughs) Roz and Mocha's Fix My Life. Update. Oh, man. Alana, welcome back to the Roz and Mocha Show. We have been, like, waiting an entire week (laughs) to talk to you about your situation. Thanks for having me back. Okay, so you had a, a, a situation that I think a lot of people have been in over the last little while, which is you had your fiancé's sister's wedding had been postponed from April April until this month, and you guys had confirmed, but then you started feeling like maybe it's not the best idea because of health reasons, and it's going to be a lot of people, and COVID is crazy, and there's going to be a lot of picture-taking and no masks, and maybe some of the people that were going to the wedding were a little less... Um, strict about precautions and that worried you and you wondered if you could back out and we had said that you were probably worried about looking like a a bad person or an ungrateful person and you didn't want to rock the boat and you wanted to be agreeable and we had said just allow them to be pissed off because they're going to be pissed off and um, you can if you're making a decision based on your health uh, and your own well-being, it's never the wrong decision. So uh, what did you decide? So we tried talking to his parents, explaining the situation and our feelings, and they got rather upset. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. So they talked about how we would feel if maybe them or his sister didn't attend our wedding next year. How would that make us feel? Talked about the opportunities of maybe not contributing financially to our wedding, which we'd be okay with. So they threatened to pull money from your wedding? Yep. And then the last thing, which made us decide to go, is they played the cancer card. So my mother-in-law, my future mother-in-law, recently just beat cancer. 
So they talked about how life is too short and we should cherish every moment together and this could be our last wedding, et cetera, et cetera. So we ended up going. But the thing is, oh my God. How ironic is it though that they're saying life is too short, life is too short, but like look at the world that we're living in right now. (laughs) Like that could be, you know, that could not be more true and you and your fiance originally deciding not to go to this wedding is for your health because yes, life is too short and you're trying to preserve that life. Why would anyone allow a family member who just beat cancer to go to a wedding? Like everybody in that wedding party should have said, hey, listen, Ma, we love you, but you're not coming. I know. I, I, that is so crazy to me. Did nobody say that? Not that I know of. I think she wanted to be there. It's her, her Doesn't matter. Girl, right? Doesn't matter. Then but, you don't do the wedding then if so it's that important. One thing that I don't understand, right, or that I'm trying to figure out what people out there don't understand is that this is not supposed to be a normal year. We know this year is already messed up. It's been messed up for six months. We're not supposed to be having the weddings that we picture in our minds. We're not supposed to be celebrating the birthdays the way we want. We're not supposed to be getting together with people the way we would pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're all in this situation at the exact same time experiencing the exact same thing, which is so messed up. So nothing is supposed to be normal anymore. And we all just got to figure out a way to get through it in the best and like safest way possible. Exactly. And I, and I can't fault them for wanting to get married. I do understand that as as someone who is also planning their wedding. Like I totally get that, but I think there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Mm -hmm. And to have, they had a church ceremony of upwards of 90 people at the church and the reception was 52, like max capacity indoor banquet center. I feel like that in itself was a risk so the church actually was, it threw me, there were so many red flags at the church. I, I almost got up and left. Wow. Um, like they had pews blocked off, which was nice and hand sanitizer available. But the priest, the bride, the groom, the maid of honor, best man, none of them wore masks, no matter how close they were to each other. Huh. The priest was touching the happy couple. They shared a chalice. Like he, the oh, priest drank no. from a chalice. Oh, no. Gave it to the bride. The bride drank from it. Then the groom drank from it. And then the priest finished it. For communion, he touched every, like, Eucharist and dropped it into people's hands. They came up for blessings. Oh, blessings six no! Feet apart. Did, did you do any of that? You didn't do any no. of that? No. No, okay. I did not. Okay. No, and, and my, my spouse, he didn't either. Alana, what about, you know, picture taking? Because, you know, traditionally at weddings, uh, you do the, the big family photo or the, the groom will take photos with his groomsmen. The, the bride will take photos with her bridesmaids, and then they all get together Jeez, and big family man. photos. What happened with that? So we were fortunate enough because the ceremony and the reception were on two separate days. Yeah. We actually did photos for three and a half hours after the ceremony. Oh, my <laughs> God. God. And at two different locations. And the photographer kept telling us to lean into each other, touch your heads together. Oh, no. Yeah. Turn oh to the person beside you and laugh. Like, God. I'm not going to open my mouth. To someone oh, who has their mouth my open. God. And nobody was wearing masks, right? No one was wearing masks. So is anybody like that attended the wedding, like anybody else share the same concerns as you? Yes, there was uh, a bridesmaid, um, one of the family cousins that was super worried and, and kept her distance as best as possible. We we talked about our fears and we kind of allied together, which was nice to have yeah. her there to make me feel like I'm not just the only crazy one. <laughs> oh, so do you think, God. Alana, you and your fiance are going to get tested now just in case? Yeah, we went yesterday, actually. Oh, you did? 
Yeah, we waited five and a half hours. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Alana, I am so sorry. Actually, we are both so sorry that you had to to go through all that and had, like, the guilt trip (laughs) and everything. That's just so bad. Everything that could possibly go wrong in that situation could possibly go wrong because of that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's just hope that no uh, one does get sick. Is anybody else going to get tested, you think? Uh, and those cousins that I talked about, they, they're on the fence, so we've been kind of keeping in touch. So depending on my test results, they yeah. might go get tested or not. But oh, yeah, it's so been a wild sorry. ride, but we're just happy it's over. <laughs> Damn. Well, yeah. thanks for the update, Elena. Yeah, thanks for having me again, guys. Always yeah. big fans. We may, no, we, may, we may have to do another update with you and find out like what your test results were. Yeah. And call us back and let us know if anybody does test positive. Not that we want to celebrate that at all, but let yeah. us know. Let us know because I think it's a good lesson for everybody. For sure. Yeah. All right. Much love, Elena. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Love you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye bye. Roz and Mocha's Fix My Life on Kiss. Hey, let me read you this Chris Pratt story and you tell me if it's in poor taste. Okay. So, uh, Chris Pratt put out a post talking about his the animated movie Onward, which is up for Best Family Drama at this year's People's Choice Awards. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes you get stars campaigning for their own movie because it is the People's Choice, so it's all based on votes from fans, right? Okay. So people tend to have a lot of fun with it. So you tell me because he was getting thrashed for this. Oh, really? Yeah. I like Chris Pratt. Okay, so Chris Pratt said this. With all that's going on in the world, it is more important than ever that you vote. Just ask any celebrity. They'll tell you every day, several times a day to vote. But me, I will tell you exactly who to vote for. Onward. The heroes before us did not spill their blood only to have their sacrifices wasted on your apathy. The upcoming 2020 People's Choice Awards is the most consequential vote in the history of mankind times a million infinity. Vote for Onward for Family Movie of the Year or else you will die. No uh-huh. hyperbole. Click on the link in my bio. Let your voice be heard. <laughs> no, but that's just Chris Pratt, like his sarcastic kind of nature. I don't find like people were ripping him apart. Yeah, they're ripping him apart because they say that, you know, well, this is the most important vote. The, the presidential vote, is the, it actually is the most important vote in history. And he said, you know, vote or you will die. And people were like, well, people are dying. And they just well, went in I just in take that them. as like they his comedic kind of sarcasm. Yes. He, right? They think he went too far, though. Oh. Like, they think he went way too far. No. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Hey, are you interested in the fact that we talked about this years ago when it first came out, which is that the, remember that guy who tried to sue Led Zeppelin because he said that they stole Stairway to Heaven from him? Jeez. And the guy's is name. still going on? Well, it's just finally finished. The guy's name was Randy California. Oh, stop and his, it. And his representative was Michael Skidmore. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Wait, what was it from The Office? Um, Robert California. Robert California. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's finally. Randy? It's finally. (laughs) It's finally over. And I remember at the time you had said that it was a straight ripoff. Okay. But now the Supreme Court has decided to not hear the case after two other courts had um, one suspended it and then and then it was brought back on appeals. Uh, but now it seems like it's over. So it was a band called um, Spirit yeah. from 1968. And they did a song called Randy California did a song called uh, Taurus. And so this let's play Led Zeppelin first. OK, okay so we'll sure. play. Everybody knows Stairway to Heaven. I feel like I'm going to slow dance with you right now. Is that what you're supposed to do? 
What'd this you say? Was, this was always the end of something. Whenever they played this at a high school dance, it was always the end of the dance. And if you weren't dancing with somebody, it wasn't going to happen for you that night. And this is a seven-minute song, too, right? <laughs> Tell me about it. And then it gets real fast, too, and you're like, how do you slow dance to the fast parts? No, that's where you kiss. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... So that's that's we that's Stairway to Heaven. So yeah. now this is um, uh, Randy California from uh, Spirit doing their song, Taurus. Fans. Three judges. You look at the age of judges. You tell me that there's not, you, yeah. you're not going to get at least two out of those three judges as huge Zeppelin fans. Yeah. Those right? two are like, yo, we got like crazy <laughs> high to that song so many times. There's no way. There's no way. Come on, man. That is an exact, exact, exact ripoff. Yeah, but they had to sort of try and prove like, how would they have heard it? And then this guy said that he actually used to hang with the guys from Led Zeppelin and that he actually guys, played it's me, it for Randy California. <laughs> Guys, don't you remember? We party together. Yeah. We used to hang out in dressing rooms. Every now and then I'd pick up a guitar. We'd yeah. just start riffing. We'd just start riffing, man. I know. We'd so, just start jamming. That's probably where you heard the tune because yeah, I played so, you this song. Anyway, no no justice for the late Randy California as per his uh, representative, Michael Skidmore, <laughs> in, the, in the case of uh, ripping off Stairway to Heaven. Oh, man. Yeah. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. There's a guy in Texas who worked for the uh, for the library out there who was just arrested. Over the course of 12 years, he stole at least $1.3 million mm-hmm. worth of printer toner. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think we've all taken stuff from work, right? Like... You may That's take a, a lot, though. You may take a pen, maybe a pad of paper. I know, right? I know, Stapler, I know. scissors, yes, right, yes, a ruler, markers. Yes. yes, these are all things that we've typically taken home from work. But between 2007 and last year, he bought, he bought 1.5 million dollars worth of toner for the library which really only needed about 150 grand worth Isn't of that toner. crazy? And what he did was take the boxes of toner out with him and just told people that he's taking them to other branches, other libraries. Isn't that but nice? he was just taking them home to then flip online <laughs> and just sell to other people. Oh, my God. He also used the library's credit cards <laughs> to buy himself... At least 18 grand worth of electronics, including video games, a drone, and a Roomba. What? (laughs) Come on, man. So the city ended up doing like an audit and investigation, and then he was uh, arrested for theft just a few weeks ago. And in doing all of that, they also found out that he has five previous arrests for theft and burglary in the 80s and the 90s. Jeez. Printer Inc., there was that story years ago where they did a list of the most expensive liquids in the world. Do you remember that? And no. print, And Printer Inc. was like, 
easily top five. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because I think that it worked out to like, I think it worked out to something like nail polish was like $500 a liter and printer ink worked out to like almost $2,000 a liter. What? Yeah. Two yeah, grand? Yeah. 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 So that's why like printer, uh, we used to have, I used to have a printer. There was a, remember CompuCenter? Yeah. One places there was the stores called CompuCenters okay. right before the Mac store. We all used to go to CompuCenter when everybody needed new stuff. And there was a cheap printer that they used to sell at CompuCenter for 60 bucks. Okay. Right. And it, it did the job. No problem. Yeah. And I would go and buy this printer at CompuCenter. And when it ran out of ink. Yeah. I would not buy replacement cartridges for it. I would just go back to CompuCenter and buy a new printer. Because it was cheaper for me to buy a new printer for 60 bucks than it was to replace the ink cartridges in the one that I already had. So what would you do with your old printer? Recycled it. Really? Yeah. Listen, I, listen, we weren't that concerned about our footprint in the late 90s, oh. okay? <laughs> like we are now. I'm just saying. Roz and Mocha's Fix My Life. What advice can you guys give me? Okay, so my question is... My question is... Got a problem you can't fix. Roz and Mocha got you. Yo, is this Hit? Yeah, that's me. What up? Oh. Yo, why do they call you Hit? Well, my name is Hitarth, and uh, every time I go anywhere, like since in, in middle school and high school, teachers can never pronounce my name. Yeah. So all my friends, they just started calling me Hit. Cool, man. Oh. We'll roll yeah. with that. I like a cool nickname. Uh, hit, yeah. you, you wrote us this. Razamoka, please fix my life. I have a friend who loves to play the victim card all the time. Uh, one time when he was let go from a job, he would complain about his boss wasn't treating him right, but he wouldn't accept his own wrongdoings. I've tried to tell him so many times, but he just gets angry and says it's not his fault. He's like a brother to me and has been there for so many difficult times in my life, and I just want to see him do well. Damn. So when you say he's playing the victim, uh, you're not talking like he's not an actual victim, right? No, no, no. Because okay. everything's like, like not my fault, not my fault. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Right? So how many times do you have to have, like, have these conversations with him? Oh, man, all the time. Like, yeah. it's to the point now where, like, uh, we have, like, a group of friends and, like, they don't talk to him. They'll, like, they'll talk to me and they'll talk to one another, mm -hmm. but yeah. they won't talk to him because, like, they just get annoyed of his... Uh, just keeps on saying the same thing over and so over again. What, so, right? so in those situations, like, what is he saying over and over and over again? If, if it's just it's sort of in the company of friends, what is he saying that turns so many people off wanting to hang out with him? Well, first he'll complain that, hey, this is happening, this is happening, right? Like, for example, he's had so many jobs where, like, he's, he's like, gone fired or he's, like, quit or he's quit on bad terms, right? Um, he doesn't get along with his bosses, doesn't get along with his coworkers, and he's always complaining about that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And then... When we'll be like, hey, but, you know, have you ever, like, thought of the fact that it could be your fault? Because it's not, it hasn't happened once, it's happened many times, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you tell him that, he'll be like, yeah, but this happened to me, and then this happened, they don't treat me right kind of thing, right? So, and and then everyone's like, yeah, it's the same thing all the time. So, they just, you just kind of, like, break it off with him. You know? uh, have you ever said to him, like, we've had this conversation so yeah, many times like we can't talk about this anymore yeah all the time uh, uh, but he keeps bringing it up exactly right and uh. like that's the thing right like i know this guy since i was like five years old right and like we go way back right so i don't want to lose him as a friend he's like a brother to me see here's the thing right like he used to work at like a data entry company while he while we were in school mm -hmm. and like he wouldn't get along with anyone right he would he would listen to music 
uh, on a Bluetooth speaker in front of in front of the whole in front of like the whole the whole floor, and they would all hear it. They would complain and stuff like that, right? And I told them like, listen, why would you listen to music in front of everyone like that? Like, bring headphones or something, right? Like, don't listen to it on Bluetooth speaker. He's like, yeah, but he's like, uh, some people like it. I'm like, okay, but you know, it's setting off the wrong impression. He's um, he sounds like, and I've known people like this uh, before, which is a, a couple of different things. One, he doesn't sound like he's very self aware. I mean, yeah. he doesn't understand how people perceive him in the environment when he's in it. Um, I which, agree 1,000%. Which, which is a tough thing to let somebody know. You know, you don't want to yeah. say, hey, just so you know, when you say stuff like that, like everybody just sort of, like you just turn everybody off because yeah. no, nobody wants to hang with a guy like that. So, but exactly. he'll just sort of say stuff, but he won't recognize the sort of reaction exactly. to his exactly. own behavior. And oftentimes when people are like sort of playing the victim card, it's like they do it to either like get attention or they yeah. or they avoid responsibility. I, yeah. I, I would say that there's a couple of things that you can do if you because he sounds like he's a great friend of yours uh, yeah. one exercise thing that you can do with him is get him to play out um how the situation could have been different right, right. so if, if he's losing a job or if he is playing music on a bluetooth speaker at work and gets in trouble for it right how it, so if he's the victim in all of this how would things have had to play out differently for him to not feel like the victim like what would need to have happened and then you can yeah. sort of walk him through things that he could have done differently in that situation as opposed to yeah. what everybody else could have done differently in that situation and then i think that something else is really important when you have somebody who is stuck in this sort of repetitive cycle over and over and over again uh, yeah. where they always come out you know on the bottom is to gently articulate to them that they are not as unique as they might feel and that these are very common situations that most people deal with on a daily basis and we're just give, we just have the tools to do it and maybe he doesn't have the tools to do it but what he's dealing with is not unique to him it's actually yeah. quite universal and that you know empathy may be the the best way to go with this where instead of yeah. saying oh my god guys you're never going to believe what happened to me meanwhile every yeah. Everybody at the bar is like that has happened to me like seven times, man. Yeah. But you just exactly. you just move yeah. on. Um, so yeah. I, I think that you need to sort of make, let let him feel that he maybe he's not alone. That might help a little yeah. bit. And th that's something that like we've told him too, right? Like, hey, you could you could come talk to us and stuff, right? Like you're not alone. You could always like come and share things, right? But at the same time, right? Like you, you got to understand that like if something bad happens, you can't, you gotta, you gotta like, you gotta figure out where you went wrong, right? Rather than where others went wrong. And I'm ultimately that's going to help you grow as a person. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know what? I'm definitely going to like talk to him about like situations that have happened in the past and like, you know, think about where, what like what could have happened differently to where you wouldn't feel like the victim kind of thing, right? So that's I think one of the best ways to get somebody to take responsibility yeah. because in in talking things through, like sitting yeah. down and be like, okay, let's play this out where it came out a different way. What happens? Yeah. It, describe to me that world or that situation where you feel a, you feel the way that you want to feel at the end of all this. And oftentimes exactly. they're, they're going to put themselves in a position of where um, their behavior is also a factor, and it's not just the people. Yeah. It's not just the people around them. For sure, for sure. There you go, brother. Thank you so much. No worries. Are you guys going to ask me the question? Oh, oh. <laughs> I love it. I have a feeling this whole situation was all made up just so that it no, could no, get no, us no, no, to no, ask no, no, him. No. I actually uh, have a friend. His name is Arjun. Okay, you okay. know, 100%. No, no, no. Okay. Hit between Roz and Mocha. Who is your favorite? Roz. 
Thank you. Don't ask why. I don't want to know why. No, no. You know what? I just paused because I wanted to wait to see if Hit was going to follow up by saying Roz because, and then it would have been like a troll job answer. Well, I like Roz because he gives the best advice and uh, he's agree. also a smooth, cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. There. <laughs> One of my favorite Twitter accounts to follow is Kids Write Jokes. So explain this to people one more time, please, because what you're about to read are going to be wildly not funny. No, not at all. <laughs> they are jokes simply written by kids. This guy that runs this account yes. accepts jokes that are written by kids and posts them the way they are written with the poor grammar, the poor spelling. The no punchline. Terrible punchline. Yes. So we're going to go through a bunch of these right now. Okay. What did one lawyer say to the other lawyer? Oh, God. What? We're lawyers. <laughs> What do you call a chicken with no legs? What? Eggs, no legs. Okay, thanks. You don't know your bread roll until you've smoked it like a baby. (laughs) I don't know what that (laughs) means, man. Uh, Do you like ice cream? Yes. Then maybe you should marry it. Doctor, doctor, there's a waitress in my soup. (laughs) (laughs) What did the banana say to the other banana? What? Have you got a potty? Because I need to pee desperately. Please. No, because we are at the beach. We will need to go home by a banana taxi. We do not have a car. Wow. There's a lot going on there, and yet no punchline. No. How long is this flight? Like six hours? Six hours? We might as well go to China. We can't go to China. Why not? Because I don't speak Spanish. (laughs) Why did the man not like coffee? Why? Because he wanted a salad. A giraffe walks into a bar, and the barman says, Hey, why the long neck? That's not even the joke. <laughs> that's not even the joke. I know, but that's why these are so bad, because they're jokes written by kids. Uh, what did the mustard say to the ketchup? What? Go away, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Spider. Spider who? Aren't you glad I didn't say Charlotte? <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Nobody. They had to go to a meeting. <laughs> I got one more. Knock, knock. Rock and roll! Where's my chair? (laughs) Kids write jokes, everybody. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Yo, you got a fly on your head. Shut up. Looks like one of those Salt Lake City flies. Will you shut up, man? Sorry, wrong debate. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting, though. Roz, I am speaking here. I know. Uh... I, I get the sense that <laughs> nobody actually wants a debate because everybody's mind is already made up. These debates are, they're theatrics at this point. Oh, absolutely. And nobody actually wants, I know after Trump and Biden went at each other in that disaster, everybody was complaining how just unprofessional, unpresidential, undemocratic, un-American that that whole thing was. And that you got the sense that people wanted to actually hear ideas and concepts and platforms, but they don't. They want the chaos. That's why today, after last night's debate, nobody's talking about any of the substance of the debate. The only thing people are talking about are the fly and Mike Pence's weird bloodshot eye. Because that's all they care about. That's all they care. They don't care about anything else. No, they want the chaos. And they never did care about anything else. They just want the chaos. Absolutely. They just want chaos. Mr. Vice President, I am speaking. <laughs> Yo, shut that down quick. Well, I mean, I thought we saw enough of it in last week's debate, but I think this is supposed to be a debate based on fact and truth. And Ooh. the truth and the fact is, Joe Biden has been very clear. 
He will not raise taxes on anybody who makes less than four hundred thousand dollars a year. He's repeal the Trump tax cuts. Uh, Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Ooh, <laughs> I'm speaking. The important is you said the truth. Yeah, he was so. Joe Biden <laughs> said twice in the debate last week that he's going to repeal the Trump tax cuts. Anyway, yeah. So it's so wild. It's so you just want they want chaos. That's what they yeah. want. They don't want. And also, why do the why do the VPs have to sit? When the presidential candidates get to stand. Like, it was weird. Yeah, it seems kind of lazy to me. <laughs> yeah, because they've done this like, before. The VP candidates sit for their debate while the, while like, the, the presidential like we, candidates... Like, we know, like, we're, you know, we all know you're second in command. Yeah, it's take a seat. Yeah. But I want to stand. No, take a seat. No, but you're second in command. Yeah. You don't get to stand just yet. Yeah, and it's wild, too, because you should be paying a little bit more attention. Everybody should to Kamala Harris, because most likely... If Biden wins, he's going to be a one-term president. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's not going to continue on. This will yeah. be he'll be he'll be four years and out. So she will run in four years. Like you better pay attention and to what's going on there. Yeah. Um, but uh, every Jeff Goldblum started trending immediately. Why? Because everybody's like, if Lorne Michaels doesn't get Jeff Goldblum to play the fly. <laughs> right. during the cold open on Saturday Night Live. If you don't know what we're talking about, do your research. Yeah, so Jeff Goldblum years ago did a remake of a movie called The Fly. This one was David Cronenberg, and it was absolutely wild. Yeah. Like this, he was, he was a scientist that wanted to turn himself... He, he was trying to tele... He was working on teleportation, right? Transferring himself from one pod to the next pod, and Andy McDowell's in it, I believe. And he was doing his tests of going into one pod and then the pod technology would break every molecule of your being down and transfer it into another pod. But on his last test, there was a fly that got into the pod with him and it teleported him and it worked, but it, 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 it like weaved the fly's DNA with his DNA when they rebuilt him. So he slowly started to turn into a fly Gross. and the movie's horrific. And so everybody is like, oh my God, if they don't get Jeff Goldblum to play the fly on Saturday Night Live, everything's failed. But the problem with that is Jeff Goldblum shooting Jurassic World right now in the UK. Oh, wow. And that set just got shut down for two weeks because somebody tested positive. So they have so zero access There's to no way Jeff Goldblum is going to be able to fly from the UK to New York, quarantine for long enough to be able to sit on... Who, just on, use one of the on, teleport machines that he was developing <laughs> in the movie. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see <laughs> Jeff Goldblum sitting on Jim Carrey's head. I would love to see that. That'd be amazing. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. So this is going to be the perfect Thanksgiving long weekend. That we, that we that we're not allowed to do anything with. That we're not allowed to do anything <laughs> with. We're not allowed to have family members from outside of our own household no. get together. No. But but Roz. Yeah. So I can't have you and your family who are in one bubble at my house over the weekend. No. But what we are allowed to do, which is so weird, is we can get, let's say, if me, you, Jen, and Catherine wanted to get together, we can still go to, like, a restaurant yeah. with our kids. Yes, and yes, And that's six we of could. us. Because the, yes. the, the, the rule is in restaurant dining, a max of six people. Yes. So we could essentially get our families together in a restaurant. We could. No problem. Zero. But we can't get together at each other's houses. No. For Thanksgiving. No. How ridiculous is that? It's very ridiculous. Nothing makes sense. Like, I don't get it. Nothing, nothing makes, nothing makes sense. I watched a video yesterday. I don't remember who posted it. It was in the UK where there was a, it was a funeral 
Mm-hmm. And there was like, I don't even know, maybe 12 people in this room. And it was, it was an older lady who was, it was a funeral for her husband. And everybody's chairs were like six feet apart. Yeah. And her two grown sons were sort of on either side of her and their chairs were six feet apart. And somebody was at the front reading uh, the eulogy for the guy that died. And the old lady, the mom, was crying alone sitting there. And then her two grown sons grabbed their chairs and they moved them and they go and put them beside the mom. And somebody who works at the funeral home in the middle of the eulogy walks up and goes, no, 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 you've been told, you've been told, and, no. and, tells, every, and tells everybody to separate, right? F you. Like, you can't do that. Like, no. you can't sit beside your... Your grieving mother. Your grieving mother in a funeral home, but you can take the bus together and sit right beside her on the bus. And then after the funeral, you could go to Red Lobster and sit in a booth right beside her. Mm -hmm. But in a funeral home, you're not allowed, you have to be six feet apart. Like the rules are so whack right now. It's everything. Everything is so wild. There's nothing makes sense. Yeah. Like, absolutely nothing makes sense. It's so crazy. Like you said, like... We can go to Red Lobster. Yeah. Our two families. <laughs> yeah. You can't come over to my house. No. So should I make a reservation <laughs> for Please, six? yeah, why not? Yeah. The Roz and Mocha Show Podcast. Podcast. Mayor John Tory, welcome back to the Ronza Mocha Show. I'm glad to be here with you guys. How are you doing? Good, good. good. Uh, so oh, hold on good. a second. No, you know what? no zingers for Ross? No, no roast to me today. No, not gonna, no, <laughs> normally you open up with a line. Yeah, I'm giving him the day off because, you know, Thank like the you. poor fellow. I mean, people are on him on his case all the time, and, and rightly so. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. There it is. Thank <laughs> you, Mayor. <laughs> okay, so before we got a lot to talk about, but uh, the big question in my house, and I'm sure a lot of other people's houses, is what right now is the status of your recommendation for how we all handle Halloween? Well, we haven't done it yet, and we were sort of focused on, first of all, getting kids back to school safely, which is a big challenge, and I think that's, you know, a work in progress. Secondly, uh, we're focused on Thanksgiving, and there, I just hate to tell you, because I had a lot of people asking me on the weekend, I was out at uh, two or three food bank events, and we opened a new accessible subway station at Chester and so on, and, and, and you know, they said, is it really the case that you're saying if I have a, a son, for example, or daughter who's at Queens in some, one of those awful houses people live in down there, and they have to stay there for the weekend by themselves, and we're saying, Unfortunately, yes, because if people want to follow the rules and, 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 and limit the risks to, to themselves, you know, if you come home from school, for example, you're bringing with you whatever you might have brought from the people you've been with down there. You're bringing into, into a house where your grandmother might be there. Mm-hmm. And so we're saying to people, hang out with the people that you... Um, live under the same roof with period that's the advice oh wow on how how yeah well that's what we're saying mm-hmm. and and look I, when i say we i mean it's the medical experts that are telling me that and i accept their advice because i don't think we want to go down the road of what we've seen say in the u.s where politicians start substituting their judgment for that of the experts i ask a lot of questions about the advice i try to suggest some alternatives sometimes but in the end i accept the advice that's why we have the experts so in fairness to them, I've told them we need to have some word on Halloween, you know, by kind of this week. And the, the, I guess it could be don't do it at all. Yeah. It could be do it on modified terms or it could be business as usual. I expect the latter, the, the third of those is not the option. Uh, uh, but we're going to have to work on whether it should happen at all. And I promise we'll have some word on that very soon. Okay. Uh, so, Mayor Tory, in terms of, of Thanksgiving, then, like if I have my family bubble under my roof, and like, let's say my my parents and sisters who are in another like their own bubble 
under their roof. Well, we can't have them over. Like, provide, like if correct. I if that I know is. that they're being safe, just as safe I as mean, we frankly, are. Frankly, nobody's put as fine a point on it as they should have in the context of simple communication to people because people are confused about this, and I understand why. Yeah. But essentially, we're saying this whole bubble concept outside of your own home is to be put to one side for now. We're saying the people you live under the same roof with, so therefore you're sharing your germs with them every day anyway, that those are the people you should have Thanksgiving with and that the other people who might have been in your broader circle of 10 living in another house and maybe very close relatives, they should have Thanksgiving on their own, uh, you know, not with you, and that you maybe Zoom or do something on FaceTime. But uh, look, and it sounds like harsh medicine, but it's not that different than what we said back at Easter and Passover and, and Eid time in the spring. You know, it's, it's stick to yourself uh, because that's going to be the best way not to transmit uh, this virus. When it comes to Toronto, it seemed like up until very recently that the federal level, the city level, and the provincial level were all working, going in the same direction. It doesn't seem like that anymore. I know it doesn't seem that way, but it, it's, it still is. And I will just tell you that what, has, what happened, say, with the indoor dining thing that you may be alluding to, for example, where, where the city's medical officer of health is suggesting we should not have indoor dining for a pause of, say, 28 days, and that is something that she and we all agonized over because we know uh, that, um, you know, the restaurants are hurting as it is. But um, it is something where we had to ask uh, the province uh, to bring that in because we don't have the independent authority. Our medical officer of health doesn't. And she's quite independent, by the way, of politicians, including me. But um, we are working very collaboratively together. I spoke to the prime minister yesterday at length about different things uh, to do with cooperation. I spoke to the premier over the weekend. Uh, I, you know, we're, we're working closely together. But there are times when we have to get ourselves on the same page, which means one expert talking to another. And they sometimes will start with differing sets of evidence in front of them. So I think people should take assurance from the fact we are still working closely together. I am absolutely determined to continue that because I think if people see three governments and three experts and all that all offering different opinions, that's when they'll throw their hands up and I wouldn't blame them. So just to confirm then, Mayor Tory, that we can still, under the new guidelines that were released last week, still go to a restaurant and sit sit inside to eat, correct? Yes, as of okay. this moment, you still can. Okay, and there are okay, some okay, new okay. guidelines about how many people you can have at a table. Again, uh, you know, and even things like how loud the music can be. And a lot yeah. of people shake their head and say, what's that about? Well, I mean, again, the experts will say, if the music's loud, you talk louder, you lean in to, to be heard. Uh, and these are all things that put you closer to the person next to you and increase the spread of the virus. And again, I first sort of rolled my eyes at that, and then I now understand it, because it's sort of true. If you think about your own experience in a bar or restaurant, if it's really noisy, you get much closer to the person next to you and you talk louder to them and that enhances the spread of these water droplets. Hmm. You see the numbers um, that have, we broke two records last week and then you look at the, the ages of the people who are in it, the, in it the most, which is the under 40 crowd. Yep. We had said on this show that when it comes to coronavirus, a lot of young people who still feel invincible are looking at coronavirus like it's crabs, not HIV. And, you know, it's something you can deal with. We're going to survive. It's not going to kill us. And then we're going to go on with our lives. Um, but I don't know if they're still taking it, it, it seriously enough with the effects that their recklessness may have on other people. What is the next way to get the message out? Because I don't know if there's any other way I can think of to do it. I, I wouldn't even know what how to recommend for you guys to do it other than what's already been said. But what's the next step on talking to the people who are under 40 and are wildly reckless when it comes to COVID? Well, we're going to try to use different uh, you know platforms. For example, I mean, I'm going to record something this week for TikTok. I mean, because again, I, I'm not a regular appearer on TikTok. 
Chuck and I don't use it myself, but I know lots of people do. And we're going to try to sort of make more of an effort in that area. And I think that uh, what has to happen as well is there have to be some really serious family discussions because maybe the parents and grandparents have to say to the you know younger people who are you know having this sense of invincibility, and they should know by the way, you know people who have uh, contracted the uh, the COVID nineteen virus at a young age may not even have to go to the hospital, but they can end up with long term heart and lung damage. The experts have said this. And the second thing to think about is that you may not end up in hospital or with any heart or lung damage, but what are the, what do you, why do you want to take a chance on giving it to your grandmother or to your mother or father who are more vulnerable? So these are the kinds of things we have to get across to people. And I'm not being critical of them. I'm just saying that, you know, when you're young, I remember when I was young, I thought, well, I didn't have a health problem in the world. You'd sort of, when people tell you about how you eat or how you exercise, you say, well, that doesn't apply to me. I'm young. And it just actually, in this case, it does apply. And what we saw happening in the last week or so, or two weeks, was some spread back into the older population. You can see there are now some outbreaks mm-hmm. again in long-term care and so on with the older people. And it, it, it stands to reason that if you have a whole bunch of cases in young people, eventually it's going to get to the older people through parents, grandparents, long-term care, you know, you name it. Mayor John Tory, uh, we know you're a busy guy, so second. thank hold you. On, thank throw him on hold for just a sec. Oh, oh, God, okay. Maury's up to some trouble oh, no, here. That's I good. Know. I enjoy oh, his trouble, though. It's good. On, he, 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 he... I got time for the gym. <laughs> Come on, man. What you doing? We're already He's having a like... private conversation oh, with the mayor right now. Like We're just doing an here. interview. Go You're having... You're having a private oh. conversation with the man. And yes, just okay, so, so what's going on, Mayor Tory? Well, look, I, you know, I just want to say thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, like down in the White House where they do something with turkeys, I want to say thank you, a special thank you to the only turkey that we've got around this Thanksgiving. That's our friend Ross. <laughs> wow, dude. Honestly. <laughs> okay. Quite a turkey he is, too. You know, what? I'm, you know what? I'm glad nobody can come over for Thanksgiving. I'm glad now. I don't want to see anybody. <laughs> turkey just... for at least 20 people, if not 30. Oh. Anyway. Oh, Mayor John Tory, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate Appreciate it. it. Bye-bye. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Today is the day that all those new COVID restrictions that were passed unanimously in council last week come into effect. But I have a question. Go. So it says the focus right now is on bars and restaurants. I get that. Yeah. Although I do not think that that is the big problem. I think it's people gathering together in their own homes. Agreed. Max capacity for any given establishment is trimmed down to 75, okay? Uh, yeah. With no party sizes greater than six. Correct. Okay, so what does that mean? That means me, you, Dan Mori, Shem, and like two other people. Let's right. say my wife, Jenna, your girlfriend, Catherine, okay. could all go to a- Sorry, Matthew. Restaurant together. <laughs> okay. Okay, but what about outside? What do you mean outside? Like, okay, so parties of six, is that at my house or is this only for restaurants? This is, I believe, only at restaurants. Only at restaurants. Because at, okay. in our homes, you're only allowed to congregate with the people that live under the same roof. What if I'm, what if I'm in the backyard? That what's I don't the, know. What's the rules for outdoors? That I don't because know. Because we used to know all the rules, yeah. right? I knew all the rules, man. Like the other day, now we I don't. said that, you know, for us... I can't have you and your family at my place this weekend for Thanksgiving. No. However, our two families, technically you're three, we're three. Yeah. Could get together at Swiss Chalet, let's say. Right. And kick it. Right. For Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. See, that's my problem is I, is I used to know all the rules. I think we all used to know all the rules. And what's so frustrating now is that I don't know what the rules are anymore. Don't tell anyone? Yeah. But my parents and my sisters yeah. are coming over on Saturday. Are they? Outside. Outside. In the backyard. Yeah. Because 
Yeah, the weather's going to be decent, long. right? Yeah, yeah. But the truth is, with the way the numbers are going, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to see my family no. at Christmas. No, I know. I know. So this might be the last time I get to see them until the new year. Yeah. Not to, like, scare no, anyone. I know. Right? I it's know. just personal preference based on... The information that we're giving. Hey, or sorry, sorry uh, your husband, Matthew, wasn't invited to our fake party morning. Oh, oh thank God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would be the answer. My dad is... Yes. My dad is... Hot. Crushed. Crushed. Crushed that we're not going for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanksgiving is one of the most important... We just love it. It's so yeah. warm and stuff. And I haven't seen my dad in months. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I miss the guy. And... I was looking forward to seeing him for Thanksgiving and... Turn the jazz I, down, Mocha. Funny huh? I turn the jazz down. <laughs> and when I called him to tell him, you could hear it in his voice that he just... He, my dad wanted to see me and I mm. love that because I did You don't often know if your dad loves you, but when you're not at Thanksgiving, you know, you know your dad. Does. You know your dad loves you, Maury. I know, but... There's no question. I like we hearing it sometimes. I know. Well, we, you don't have to start... Now you're going backwards, though. Now you're wondering whether this is affecting any... You, you, the, the sort of love that your dad has for you. We all know that your dad loves you. I know, but when you hear it, when he's like, but what about the gelled cranberry sauce and the, the stuffing and the turkey and the potatoes? <laughs> I'm sorry. The Brussels sprouts, like, what are we supposed to do with all the, like, we were so, we were going to have a special, like, we, it's the only time we eat at the dining room table. Sorry, run on that menu again? <laughs> Brussels sprouts, potatoes, stuffing, cranberry, gelled cranberry sauce. Mm -hmm. And we yeah. have a tradition where it has to stay in the shape of the can on the plate. Yeah. yeah listen, you're going to get to see your dad. And then he said, well, what about Christmas? Yeah. But we don't know about Christmas. Don't, don't start talking about Christmas now. Oh, my God. Can you imagine you can't see your family for Christmas? Yeah, I can. And it sucks. Oh, I know. Yeah. But listen, don't worry. Thanksgiving is one thing. You guys do a Zoom thing. You sit on the phone. That's what everybody's doing. But don't start thinking that your old man doesn't love you anymore or questioning his love for you. That's wild, man. And then he apologized like Corona was my fault. He apologized because he thought it was huh? your fault? Oh, sorry. He asked me to apologize. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Hello? Happy birthday, Sarah. It's Roz and Mocha. What? Sorry, I'm in my car. I'm driving. <laughs> oh, okay. Where are you off to? Uh, to work. <laughs> oh, well, happy birthday. Thank you. We got a text from your boyfriend, Mike. Yes. <laughs> that said uh, that it's your That's birthday. So cool. And that you're a super huge fan of the Ron Zamoka show. And uh, he also said that you're such a hard worker and you have the patience of an angel. Wow. Oh, that's so nice. I honestly, I listen to you guys all the time. So it's kind of crazy that you're calling me right now. Uh, now, when he says that you have the patience of an angel, is that because he does something to piss you off? <laughs> no, he's oh, amazing. Okay. He's amazing. I've just I've just dealt with so many people that are not so amazing. Ah, uh, <laughs> ooh, care to spill the tea, girl? <laughs> She's like, nah, nah. I keep a secret to myself. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what are you gonna do for uh, for your special day, Sarah? Uh, well, it's my thirtieth. So, oh, nice. Um, oh, wow. I am doing. I'm taking a half day off work and uh, doing dinner with the family and my boyfriend. Oh, okay. Uh, but we have Niagara planned for the weekend. So, now we're on the lake. Just the two of you, not like with your family, right? Um, the two of us, but then my family will be joining 
not in the same room. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> I know. Look at you. You got to celebrate your 30th birthday and you got all these hoops you got to jump through and precautions you got to take and, and everything else. What would you have done? Let's say we're back in a perfect world, okay, where it's going to be the kind of weather it is this weekend on your birthday. What would you normally have done? Oh, my gosh. Well, I wanted to do a trip to Europe. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't do that. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I was going to do Florence, Italy. That was my oh. uh, idea, oh. but that got ruined. So, so now instead <laughs> of uh, instead of wine tasting and biking around Italy, you got to yeah. stay on this side of the border, wine taste and bike around Niagara. Yeah. Yeah. God, I, there was a lot of people that had those trips booked to Italy. Do you remember how bad Italy was at the beginning of oh. all of this? Italy was the worst. Yeah, prob- yeah they were the worst, they actually. Were the, they were the yeah. worst, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, hey, listen, happy birthday. Uh, we love you so much. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we know it ain't perfect, but it sounds like you have a pretty great birthday plan for this weekend. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, love you guys so much. Love you, too. But just out of curiosity, between Roz and Mocha, who's your favorite? Mocha! Uh, Great. Sorry, I'm Guyanese, too. Oh, yeah. oh, here we go with this. What? Here we go. Oh, you can't sit with us. Okay, I get it. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. Happy birthday, Sarah. Wait more. Thank okay. you. Love you. Love you, bye. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Yo, Florida is like next level weirdo, man. I don't think I will ever, ever step foot in Florida no? Again, I don't know, man. So the numbers for coronavirus are just like astronomical, right? Mm-hmm. And the governor out there has just been saying a lot of like wild and reckless stuff. Like last week, he was talking about like passing a bill to allow like college and university students to still be able to get together and like not face any mm-hmm. any heat from the authorities because he feels like college kids just need to be college kids. Yeah. But... I think it was yesterday he said he's lifted attendance restrictions for some sporting events. So like the Miami Dolphins, if they wanted to, could allow up to 65,000 people at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens. (laughs) Yeah. Like as of right now, the Dolphins are not doing that. They do have sections for fans their max capacity right now is thirteen thousand. Mm-hmm. yeah that's wild but the florida governor believes that things are in a good space out there to start lifting these restrictions and like a few weeks ago still he was saying like everything's a-okay for people in restaurants and we all know mm-hmm. like businesses kind of have to get back to doing business and making money but he was yeah. like lifting all the all the restrictions out there yeah florida gets a weird rap one because it's republican and so it always gets pointed with pointed out before states like new york do because new york was just as bad and worse than florida for yeah. months and months and months but it never got the attention that florida did florida did because people made covid political and it served a purpose to point their finger at Florida as opposed to looking at the, the numbers of New York. Early on, they had opened up the beaches after like closing them shortly yeah. for a short period of time. Yeah, but New York and Florida are disasters. And then you get that Floridian mentality, you know, which is and that they've always had that attitude in Florida. That's, you know, like, let's go to a football game and let's get all these people. Together. Like Florida has just always been that way. Florida strong. It's Florida strong. It's always been that way. And... When you look 
at what the rest of the world is doing. <laughs> like, I can't have my mom in my house for Thanksgiving this weekend, right? And yet in Florida, we could go with, you know, 15,000 other people to a football game. Like, yeah. it's really wild. The differences in, in how places are handling COVID is really, really wild. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah, maybe, you know, who knows when Florida is going to be back to normal again? I have no idea. I think some people in Florida think that they are back to normal. Bro, there's a lot of people in Florida that don't think anything's wrong, that nothing ever was wrong. Yeah. It's crazy. With the way they're living their lives. Just reckless. Yeah. But again, so how many six, people do they want to put in a, in a football stadium? They're allowing 65,000. 65,000 people. Yeah. And right now, a, they're already oh allowing 13,000. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Next level. Yeah. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. My Twitter right now is just all Donald Trump. Yeah. Like when I look at what's trending, number one, Trump has COVID. Number two, Pence. Number three, Hope Hicks. Number four, Karma. Number five, Trump COVID. Number six, Flotus. Number seven, Praying. Number eight, Rona. Number nine, Hoax. <laughs> number 10, Prayers. It's all Donald Trump. Uh-huh. Hey, did you, um, you hear that audio of, uh, Melania? No, what happened? That her former aide, her former aide before she wrote this book was secretly re- recording all these conversations that Ooh, she had man. with Melania. <sighs> Can't trust anybody, huh? And then she was on CNN last night and came with clips. Uh, Stephanie, uh, what is her name? Uh, Stephanie Winston Walkoff. Um, this was from a conversation in 2018 where, if you remember, they went down to see the detainees at the border. And I guess Melania was trying to reunite a kid with her mom and wasn't able to because you have to go through the proper channels. And this is Melania and how pissed off she is. So People are more uncompleted. I'm the same like him. I support him. I don't no. say enough. I don't do enough. No. It's, where, it's, where I am, I put the, I'm working like a... Ask my ass. I know. Christmas stuff that, you know, who gives a f- about Christmas stuff and decoration, but I need to do it, right? Yeah, but Correct. 100%. You have and no then, choice. And, okay, and then I do it, and I say that I'm working on Christmas, uh, planning for the Christmas, and they said, oh, what about the children that they were separated? Give me a f- break. The, uh, where they were saying anything when Obama did that. I know. They, they, I cannot go. I I was trying to get the, the kid reunited with the mom. I, I, I didn't have a chance. It needs to go through the process and through the law. But here's my thing. You hear what you just said? But instead of that, if... if you just your messaging you you were so loved you they were. would not do the story we Jeez. put it out they would not do the story i'm telling you would not believe it they mm. would not do the story because no they no. are not they would not do the story because they they are they are against us because they're liberal media yeah if i go to fox they will do the story i don't want to go to fox right i always feel and regardless of what the content is or who gets busted or whatever they say and how incriminating it is anytime i listen to a conversation where somebody was taped that they didn't know they were being taped i cringe like my back goes i know like my back curls because it's such a violation. Even though what I'm not even saying, like, don't release it, nothing like that. I'm just saying that when, when you listen to the conversation, because when one person, now that we know when you listen to stuff like this, when you know one person is recording it, you could really tell that the person who's recording it is acting accordingly. Of course. They're not saying anything. No. They're just leading them on. But trying the to get them to talk. And has, like, full person. trust 
right? Like, and figures, the, hey, I can say what I want to say. Who the F give, who, who oh, gives an F about Christmas boy. decorations? Yeah. The Roz and Mocha Show Podcast. Podcast. So I was listening to a clip of the Shawn Mendes interview where he's talking about possibly doing the Bieber collaboration. Wait, what? Hold on, what? What? Yeah, did you hear this? No. Okay, so you know the story that Shawn Mendes and Bieber were seen at a recording studio, right? Okay. Okay, and then so everybody, sort of, everybody's now been trying to figure out if Bieber's going to pop up on a collaboration on Shawn's new record. Oh, yeah, because that drops uh, on December 4th. Yes. Okay. And so this is the latest uh, interview where somebody's trying to get it out of him, uh, whether he's doing a collaboration with Bieber. And I guess what they did is they were clever because they asked him, have you ever turned down the offer to do a collaboration oh. with, with Bieber? Is you trying to con- to get me to confirm that I have a collaboration with Justin Bieber that no. I didn't last month? Is this what you're saying? If I turn one down... That would be insane considering he's he's been one of my favorite artists since I was like nine years old. I cannot confirm or deny. Ooh. Right? So there is. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There has to be. Don't lie to us, Sean Mendes. How could you not, right? Yeah. You know me, I want Sean Mendes and Harry Styles to put a band together and just do one record in a tour. Because I think that that album would be amazing. Yeah. Like I want them to like just like a full record together, not a song. But get their together and do so perfectly. Oh, and their styles would fit so well together. And but you yeah. know what? I would be interested to hear a Sean Mendez Justin Bieber record. Sure, sure, yeah. But I'm more interested in a Sean Mendez Harry Styles collaboration. Yeah, I'm going to start that rumor now. Oh, uh, what? Hold How do you start what? a rumor? How do you do that? How do you even start that? Hold on, what? Yeah. You're saying Sean Mendez and Harry Styles are putting a, a song? No, 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 no. That's together? not what I'm saying. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that. I'm trying to get the rumors started. No, I'm trying to help you right now. Oh, sorry. You were a okay. little too over the top and dramatic, if you don't oh. mind me saying. Okay, sorry. Nobody's going to buy that okay. rumor coming okay. from. Are you saying okay, let's Sean go. Mendez and Harry Styles are. D- that's what you just did to try okay. and get a rumor started. The- Nobody's going to buy okay, that, okay, man. Okay, let's start the rumor. You got to be a little bit more understated. Okay. Okay. You're a terrible liar, aren't you? Aren't you? Don't make me bring Maury in here to teach you how to lie. <laughs> yeah. The Roz and Mocha Show Podcast. Podcast. Family Home Overhaul is a new show on HGTV airing Sundays at 10 p.m. And the premise is to give back to families who give everything to others in their lives or their community. And Scott McGilvery is one of the contractors featured on the show who helped transform a home in need of a reno. Scott McGilvery, welcome back to the Raza and Mocha Show. What's going on, guys? How are you, brother? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. So Family Home Overhaul, your episode is Sunday night at 10. Cheryl Hickey from ET Canada, who... Uh, we've all worked with for years. Uh, she hosts the show, and this is like a, a, a massive pay-it-forward movement that you guys have done on this show, right? Yeah, it does. It definitely feels that way. I mean, for the first time in kind of HGTV history, these are people who were nominated from uh, people in their community. So this isn't even people just applying to be on the show. This is just folks out there recognizing that some people are, are doing some incredible things in their community, and they're putting themselves and their homes on the back burner in order to, you know, better better their surroundings. And um, and so when I was asked to, to participate, I took a look at the profile on this family. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we absolutely have to do this. And it makes you want to, like, do a little a little bit more, a little bit extra to help these families out, right? Well, for sure. I mean, as soon as you get there, you, you can't help but want to kind of pull as many strings as you can to get these people's 
personal situations uh, up to date with the, or at least in line somewhat with the amount they're contributing back. So Cheryl was great. I have to say it was, uh, you know, I've worked with Cheryl for years, but for her first time uh, on one of these shows, boy, did she get emotionally invested. And she was like the cheerleader for, for our homeowners. And, uh, and it was, it was great. Just the whole team coming together. Um, And I think that this episode, I mean, I, I've only worked on this one, but boy, it is uh, is a doozy. I'll tell you, you know, even with this and as emotional as these episodes get, you still do get to go in and break stuff, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? But when you kidding me? You guys, know, you guys know how to break stuff. I That's know. specialty, isn't it? That is the thing. You know, I used to love the reveals on these shows, and, and I don't know whether it's just sitting around during COVID and you're just all pent up and we can't do anything thing uh, when i watch these shows now i just like if i go back and i rewatch another part it's the demo part like that's the part that i'm drawn to now it's like just grabbing something and breaking something it's amazing to me i was gonna say like this when we're when i was pulling this place apart i mean yes it's very uh very rewarding to do some demolition but at the same time you find out so much about these properties and when i started pulling this one apart I was like, oh my gosh, not only is this property in rough shape as we know it, but there's some things behind the walls here which are super problematic. So it does get, it, it starts off intense and then things get go from bad to worse once we do the demolition. But I don't even know if I'm allowed to tell you guys that much. How do you always get saddled with the house that goes from bad to worse? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it started when I did your house. Rob. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> my my bathroom my bathroom when when Scott came and did uh, did our cottage years ago for uh, income property um, we had it was like pink carpet and a green toilet in the bathroom oh geez yeah 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 like like it was uh, he he walked in and I'm like maybe you can work with this there was literally no like sometimes you can see potential in things for sure there was no potential like <laughs> there was like there was just it's like I'm gonna leave now there was just no like I almost didn't I almost didn't want to show Scott the bathroom because there was like uh, no potential whatsoever and then he made me take the toilet out myself and throw it into the bin and all the toilet water ran down my leg and I've never seen and I've never seen a man <laughs> and don't get me wrong I've had a lot of people laugh at me to my face in my life yeah. I've never seen somebody laugh at my face as hard as Scott laughed the day that I poured dirty toilet water over a green toilet all over me <laughs> it made it all worth it, it, made it all oh good good it. good good hey um I don't know which show that you're currently in production right now with HGTV but I saw on your Instagram the other day, Scott, that you had to do uh, a COVID test when showing up on set. Are you going through these tests now, like on the regular? Yeah, I've been doing it once a week. And, um, you know, thankfully, no one on our crew has had symptoms, but we have a, like, we have a COVID compliance uh, protocol that we've been following. We started filming back in June and we're filming season two of uh, Scott's Vacation House Rules. So we're, we're fortunate enough to kind of be you know, in remote areas, doing a lot of outdoor work. We've limited our crew. We do temperature checks and check-ins when everyone arrives on set. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a lot of extra work, but we're getting the show done. Once a week, we set up appointments for everyone who wants on the crew to get COVID tested. So I've been going to get tested, man. Sometimes it gets pretty uncomfortable. That Q-tip, yeah. I swear, last time I went, when you're talking about my Instagram there, that last test, that guy swabbed my brain for sure. <laughs> God. The worst. And, and when you when you look at these shows, like even when you look at your episode of uh, Family Home Overhaul or, or the new shows that you're doing or the YouTube show that you do, 
part of it yeah. is the reaction and then the reward and that reward people want to hug you and they want to high five you and they want to get in there and they want to be close to you you can't do any of that stuff during a reveal anymore you honestly you nailed it like the most everything is manageable like arriving is a bit weird when you meet people for the first time not shaking their hands is this awkward like eight feet apart hi nice to meet you and you kind of do this awkward wave but the worst you nailed it the absolute worst is at the end when you're giving people their places back and they're they're so overwhelmed they're so happy and you're just staring at each other and you want oh, that like human connection yeah it's literally it's de- it's depressing i don't even know the, the ending these episodes has become the most awkward thing ever because you're just you know, you're handing back the keys. You're like, well, you know, welcome to your new home. And these people, their lives are changing. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, goodbye. And you just yeah. wait. Because <laughs> you're natural. Yeah, you want to Your natural instinct in that moment is to hug each other. And I can tell anybody listening right now, Scott is a world-class hugger. You know, and it's really unfortunate for anybody that works with him from now on that can't hug him. He is one of the world's greatest huggers. Yeah, well, you and I have had some pretty good hugs, brother. We have. <laughs> we have. Family Home Overhaul on HGTV this Sunday, 10 p.m. Uh, Scott McGilvery, thank you so much for joining us on the Roz and Mocha Show. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk soon. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought I was going to try something new. Today is yeah. not that day. Are you sure? Yeah. Hey, Mocha. We can still try. Nah, I'm good. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Let's do the news. A Roz and Mocha show and kiss 92.5 news break. So Donald Trump and Melania both have COVID-19. That's the huge story of the day. Don't you mean huge? Huge. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So this was uh, Trump on Hannity last night before he made the announcement uh, when he was talking to Hannity about how his aide, um, uh, Hope Hicks, tested positive. So she did test positive. I just heard about this. She tested positive. She's a hard worker. A lot of masks. She wears masks a lot, but she tested positive. Mm -hmm. And I just went out with a test. I'll see what, you know, because we spent a lot of time and the first lady just went out with a test also. So whether we quarantine or whether we have it, I I don't know. You know, it's very hard when you're with soldiers, when you're with uh, airmen, when you're with uh, the Marines and and the police officers, I'm with them so much. And when they come over to you, it's very hard to stay back. back. So um, I just went for a test and we'll see what happens. I mean, who knows? But but it's very, very hard uh, when you are with people from the military or for law enforcement and they come over to you and they... They want to hug you and they want to kiss you. You get close and things happen. I just went out for a test. They just do it. It'll come back later, I guess. And uh, the first lady also, because we spend a lot of time with Hope and others. So there you go. I'll hug you and kiss you. (laughs) I know. And it did come back. It uh, came back positive. Uh, Both of them have it, which has just thrown a massive wrench into everything that's going on right now. And if you remember back in the debate the other night, um, Trump going in on Biden for his excessive mask wearing. Are you questioning? No, I think the efficacy of. You have to understand if you look, I mean, I have a mask right here. I 
put a mask on you know, when I think I need it. Tonight, as an example, everybody's had a test and you've had social distancing and all of the things that you have to. But I Just wear like masks when needed. When needed, I wear masks. Okay, let me ask. I don't, have to, I don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. He could be speaking 200 feet away from it. He shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. <laughs> right. And, we and then know. they say that at that debate, like majority of Trump's people who showed up in the building... We're not wearing masks. And they were asked, like, hey, yeah, the I protocol can, is everyone's got to wear a mask. Yeah, I mean, I know that they, they all were when they, when they were actually in the room, but I don't, uh, but yeah, I think that they roll without them. And uh, what we know is that Donald Trump is, what, he's 74? Yeah. 244 pounds, probably has mayonnaise with every meal. We know that they have to hide cauliflower in his mashed potatoes because he won't eat vegetables. Like, he's like not child. the picture of health, right? No. So He loves fast food. Anyway, yeah, he does. There was something else. Oh, I, the other thing I watched last night was they were somebody had talked to one of the chefs at Mar-a-Lago, and they were talking about how Donald Trump likes a steak. And they were saying that he likes it so well done that, that like he likes it so well done that it should rock back and forth on a plate, like like a brick on a plate. Ew. And and then he just covers it in ketchup. Oh, <laughs> that is disgusting. And not that that has anything to do with coronavirus, no, but I'm just, just saying. Gross. That's it's a just wrong gross. Way it's a steak. wrong way. Come on. Okay, so medium I think, or medium rare only. I think what we're getting at is most things the man does, he does them the wrong way. Yeah. Right? Most things in Ugh. life. That's so gross. That the man does, he does the, he does the wrong way. A harsh reality for New York City, and we're seeing this with other cities across Canada as well. On Thursday, the New York State released a new report that shows how many restaurants and bars in that city may never recover. The audit by the state controller spells out the worst fears and that the financial outlook is extremely bleak. And they say up to 50% of New York bars and restaurants could close permanently wow. within the next six months. 50% is their uh, is their number. Uh, 2020 this year, uh, man, Halloween, it couldn't, like, I'm so upset about Halloween because I love Halloween and Halloween's big in my house. Yeah. And with COVID and the idea, because we still don't know whether we're able to go trick-or-treating or not. There's still been no official word on that, right? No official word. I think it's that. safe to say that no one's going to go. But this is the perfect Halloween this year. I know. It's, it's perfect. First of all, Halloween is on a Saturday. Yeah. Right? Also, Halloween is a full moon this year. Oh, no! Is okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 2020 Halloween will be a blue moon. A blue moon is when is, there's two full moons in the same month. So the second yeah, one is called was, a blue moon. There was the a, first one on, on Thursday, yeah, the harvest yeah, moon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's going to be another full moon on Halloween. And this will be the first time since World War II, since 1944, oh. that there's going to be a full moon on Halloween across all time zones. The first time since 1944, also Halloween on a Saturday. And we all got to stay inside. Right. Oh, no. Come on. Don't buy me a telescope. I know. I'm so upset about that. Really, oh, really, really upset. Uh, this year's uh, unusual blue moon, uh, as we said, the first time since 1945. Although there is a full moon on Halloween, 
It's not always a blue moon, though, but there's full moon on Halloween somewhere in the world every 19 years, meaning the next one will occur 2039, followed by 2058, and then 2077. Hold on. Stop. Yeah. Give me those dates again. Let me okay. put it on my calendar. Yeah. 2039. As a blue moon or full? As This is just a full moon. 2039. 2039. Which full moon? What's that? Which one? Is blue just, moon? No. A blue full moon? No, just a full moon. No, we get a full moon once a month. I know, but on Halloween. Oh, on Halloween. Okay, yes. sorry. <sighs> okay, October of what? 2039. Okay, added. Yeah, the, the next one, October 2058. <laughs> hold on, I gotta scroll. Yeah, wow. Do you have 2058 in your phone? Yeah, hold on. Do you have to plug that in? 2058, here we go. Look, 2058. Yeah, okay. Oh, uh, wow, you do have 2058 in your phone. October 31st, okay. Okay, and then again on 2077. I don't know if you go that far. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> you, think, you think you're yeah. going to be kicking it in 2077? Yeah, of course I will. Yeah, okay. Here, okay. Okay. Uh, okay, here. 2077. Okay. Yeah, I got it right here. All right. Oh, look. Halloween on October. Okay, here. Yeah. Put this in your calendar, everybody. I, I bet you 2077. Check to see if there's an October 32nd in there. Because <laughs> I, I need to, because like the world may change drastically by then. <laughs> no, October 2077. Uh, Halloween falls on a Sunday. Oh, FYI. <laughs> So much going on with Trump and this coronavirus thing. So uh, there was... You got coronavirus? I didn't even hear about it. There was all of this, uh, like, conspiracy going on yesterday. Did you see those two pictures of him where he was oh, in yeah. the hospital? And one, he's wearing the suit jacket, signing papers in one room. And then, I guess, later on in the People day, he was still he's so busy. It was a blank piece of paper, and then, like, the reflections didn't match. But the, the metadata on the picture, yes! apparently, oh that God. when it was uploaded is that the two pictures were taken, like, 10 minutes apart in two different rooms. And then they're, like, saying it's all the same stuff on the desk that he had from room to room, just moved around. Like, the whole was, thing is so... Did you see that one picture with all the... So, the arrow? <laughs> yeah, the <Yes>. blue arrows. <laughs> like, just... This like, is placed here. This is placed yes, here. This, this is what he's using this here. This stuff, I'm going to say this, okay? And one, it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. But this stuff helps nobody. When yeah. you're spending your time just analyzing those two rooms. You still looked at all of them. Right? Because you couldn't avoid it. I know. Uh, but Trump says that uh, he's learned a lot about uh, COVID-19 since contracting it. It's been a very interesting journey. I learned a lot about COVID. I learned it by really going to school. This is the real school. This isn't the let's read the book school. And I get it. And I understand it. Oh, great. Six months later. Uh, the Walter Reed, a Walter Reed attending physician, uh, took a swipe at Trump for the drive-by uh, in his SUV to say hi to supporters uh, over the weekend. He said this, the, the presidential SUV is not only bulletproof, but hermetically sealed against chemical attacks. The risk of COVID-19 transmission inside is as high as it gets outside of medical procedures. The irresponsibility is astounding. My thoughts are with the Secret Service secret service forced to play along because um, now that they have now they have to go into and they couldn't stop him huh? you can't no 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 i mean you can advise him sure you can advise but i, I get the he, sense that trump is uh start the start the car guys we're yeah going he's for, like i, I already got my ride. jacket and yeah, my mask on because yeah, he's so blown away that people were there to support him yeah right that he had to like go and see for himself <laughs> you moron they love me <laughs> Uh, and apparently Trump lied when he was on Fox News about um, testing positive for Corona because he had a quick test. I don't know what that means. On Thursday, 
that apparently was positive. And then he did the interview with Hannity where he said that he was waiting on a conclusive test. So he said that he tested negative, but he had actually tested positive on that first test, too, and was telling other people in his inner circle who uh, were all at the Rose Garden massacre. Uh, to not tell anybody that they had coronavirus. What was it he said? Remember like a few months ago and he was like, I tested oh, negative. I tested I negatively pi- towards the po- positive. Positively, no, positively towards the negative. Towards Do you still have that clip, Lori? Do you still have that? <laughs> Can you look in the oh, thing for him? I think he said I tested positively towards the negative, right? Yeah. It's the, it was the most ridiculous way to say that I tested negative. Yeah. <laughs> and I tested very positively in a... In another sense. So this morning, yeah, I tested positively toward negative, right? So no, I tested uh, perfectly this morning. <laughs> the that positively mean? to the negative. What was that? That was like when he started getting tested every day and stuff like yeah. that, right? <laughs> I tested positively. Like he, he, he has such a hard time saying that anything he did was negative. Right. Like he can't he can't even say the words that he's done something negative, even when negative is the good thing. I know he starts to be a champ. Right. And I tested very positively in a in another sense. So this morning, yeah, I tested positively toward negative. Right. So (laughs) a moron. Absolute. An absolute moron. Oh, man. Uh, uh, hey, have they caught the guy that sucker punched Rick Moranis yet? How dare that? Oh, I See swear. This video? I, We're you on know video what? Too. I, I purposely did not watch the video. Beautiful Rick Moranis was walking around New York City and uh, at like seven. Minding his own business. Minding his own business, yeah. And somebody Yo. just walked up and sucker punched them and like knocked him out. And they took him to the hospital. I guess he's going to be okay, but, but my still. God. So they're offering a $2,500 reward for information that leads to the guy's arrest. Yo, and there's that, a great, there's good pictures of the guy too that did it. They should up that. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's not good. Uh, Chris or Evans Rick tweeted, Moranis. my blood is boiling. Find this man. You don't touch Rick Moranis. It's true. <laughs> I know. We all feel the same he way. He only just came out of hiding. I know. I know. I know. And I don't think this guy knew who he was, too. He just saw like... It was I just random. Know, it was just random. Just walking down the street. He gets sucked. And this guy was huge, too. And Rick Moranis is little. He's a tiny right? guy. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good, oh, Rick Moranis. We love you, bro. Uh, Anna Hesh last night on Dancing with the Stars. So before we get to the disaster that was the ending of Dancing with the Stars, uh, during one of the packs um, where they introduced the, the celebs, and was talking about... Back in 1997, when she was dating Ellen and what that relationship did to her career. This is Anne. My story is a, a story that created change in the world. It moved the needle uh, for equal rights forward when I fell in love with Ellen DeGeneres. In 1997, I met Ellen DeGeneres at the Vanity Fair party. And that was the night that changed my life forever. My movie premiere, Volcano, I had told them that I was taking Ellen as my date. And I was told if I took Ellen, I would lose my Fox contract. At that moment, she took my hand and said, do what they say. And I say, no, thanks. Wow. I took Ellen to the premiere. I was ushered out by security before the movie even ended and told I was not allowed to go to my own after party for fear that they would get pictures of me with a woman. It was unbelievable. I, you know, part of my naivete was that I had no idea. She was warning me, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. I was in a relationship with Ellen DeGeneres for three and a half years, and the stigma attached to that relationship was so 
bad that I was fired from my multi-million dollar picture deal and I did not work in a studio picture for 10 years. Wow. Damn. So then you get to the end of Dancing with the Stars last night where Tyra is supposed to announce the bottom two. Okay. And this is why everybody's going in on Tyra today because there was a huge screw up. Man, she's been getting no love at all. Zero. she took over hosting. So here's the screw up from last night. Which means Anne and Keo and Vernon and Pita are at the bottom two. There's actually been an error. I'm looking right now, and we have three couples. So we need to clarify this for one second. The bottom two couples are Anne and Keo and Monica and Val. Oh, no. Please come back. Please have Monica come back. There's been an error in our control room, but we're making it happen. This is live TV, right? This is the craziness of live TV. Okay. Thank you. I'm so sorry. This is live TV. I was reading my cards, but my cards are wrong. So here we go. And then, and then, unfortunately, it was Anne that was sent home. Oh, yeah. So Anne Hesh got sent home last night. So uh, that is the end. So it was Tyra screw up, but she's blaming everybody else. Listen, I don't know exactly what happened. Okay, but it was red red wrong on my cards. (laughs) Somebody wrote the wrong answer. I don't know exactly what happened, but that that was the sort of unceremonious uh, exit of Anne Hesh from uh, last night on uh, Dancing with the Stars. Even after she told that fantastic and heartbreaking story about uh, dating Ellen back in 1997. Uh, Miley Cyrus is doing an MTV Unplugged from her backyard. Remember oh, MTV yeah? Unplugged? Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to be doing One of my favorites that. is the, um, the Jay-Z Unplugged. Oh, I used to love that album. Um, she's going to be doing uh, a lot of her own hits, plus covers of Britney, Pearl Jam, and The Cardigans. Okay. I'm into it. Apparently. And uh, she did this back in 2014 to promote bangers as well. Uh, Connor McDavid has COVID-19. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, where'd he get it from? Trump, uh, probably. <laughs> uh, Carrie Ann Arba, Carrie Ann Arba, was defending Tyra Banks on the talk yesterday where she is a host. Because the mix-up happened where the other night Tyra announced the wrong bottom two and then had to bring somebody in. And then she immediately said, I had the wrong name on my card. It was a problem in the control room. And Tyra has been getting a lot of heat since taking over from Tom Bergeron. Uh, and Aaron Andrews as host of Dancing with the Stars, a lot of people weren't buying her explanation as to what happened. and They they were accusing her of blaming others for her mistake. So Carrie Ann Anaba uh, yesterday on the talk came to Tyra's defense. I just want to clarify for everyone, everyone's blaming Tyra on social no. media. It was not Tyra's fault. She had the wrong names given to her at the beginning of the elimination round, mm-hmm. but it was a technical error in the booth about <laughs> counting the votes and who was actually the bottom two. So the important thing to know is that the true bottom two were indeed Monica and Anne. And then sadly, we had to choose who went home. And, you know, I just felt badly for all of everybody because it was so... That's like the most stressful moment of the show. And then to have all that chaos and then... Um, Vernon and Chriselle didn't quite know where to go, and we were all right. we all just kind of hopped in. But I think Tyra did an amazing job handling mm-hmm. a really intense live yeah. situation. So yeah. bravo to Tyra. Mm-hmm. That's is a real good friend standing up yeah. for a coworker because <laughs> it's her show too, right? It is. She's yeah. got to defend it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eddie Van Halen passed away yesterday, 65 years old, uh, battled cancer for 10 years. Such a great track. 
funny. Um, this song, this song called Panama. And when I first met Catherine, the album is off an album called 1984. Okay. And when I first met Catherine and I found out she was born in 1984, I always, I just started calling her Panama. Aw. Right? And she yeah. had no idea why. It was like years later until she found out why I she called her Panama. It at all? She just thought it was like a cute name? Yeah, yeah. I don't oh. know. Yeah, she never questioned it at all. Um, he was uh, he was an absolute legend. And most people who play guitar um, play guitar in part because of Eddie Van Halen. That's just the raw truth of things. And one of the coolest stories in music came out when the story was told of how Eddie Van Halen wound up doing the solo on Michael Jackson's Beat It. Hmm? Because if you remember, Beat It yeah. had that wicked guitar solo in the middle of it. Right? Yeah. And so that's Eddie Van Halen. That I didn't know. And what happened was the guys in Van Halen all had this pact that they were a band and that none of them would do solo projects, none of them would do features, none of them would do anything, and that they would only, anytime you heard anybody from Van Halen, would only be in Van Halen. One for all, all for one. Exactly. And then they were in between tours and albums, and everybody else was out of town. And Quincy Jones called Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. And was like, hey, Michael's got this track and we'd love it if you'd come and do a solo on it. And at that point, Eddie Van Halen was like, okay, I'll come and do the solo on a couple conditions. One, I get no credit. Oh, two, don't tell the guys. Two, I get no money. Oh, three, wow. three, nobody ever finds out. But I will take a case of beer and the promise that Michael gives me a dance lesson at some point. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he went and ripped that solo for a case of beer and no credit because it was just too difficult. Yeah. <laughs> the guys are going to be so mad at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he did the solo on Beat It uh, oh, wow. uh, for that, which is, uh, that. Which a great is story. kind of a boss move. Roz and Mocha Q&A. Yo, John, you there? Yes, I am. Oh, sorry. Just John on Instagram, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Ronza Mocha Show podcast. What is your question? Oh, great. Uh, awesome to be here. So my question is, what is an opinion that you have that when you say it, it immediately strikes up a debate? And it doesn't have to be something serious. It can be something like everyday things, like a food opinion, a sports opinion, or anything like that. Well, I know for a fact with Roz, uh, bringing up ketchup as being an essential condiment. Roz is very much against Ketchup yeah. on anything. I think that I think that yeah, ketchup ketchup is for children and people who hate food. <laughs> um, go discuss. <laughs> Wait, do you have one, John? Um, I, I have two things. Um, one of them is something that Ross said before in an earlier show where I have a thing about where something if you want to call something a cheeseburger, um, it should only be made with that processed cheese. Mm-hmm. And not with like any other like those fancy cheeses. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really think of that as a cheeseburger. So when I think of cheeseburger, I think of the burger with that, you know, that gooey, delicious processed cheese. That's one of them. Yeah. And the second one is a bit more contentious is I've always thought that <laughs> Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi is a top five Star Wars movie. What? You're nuts. How dare you? <laughs> How friggin dare you? Did no, you watch no, that I, movie with your eyes closed? Okay, wait, 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 though. Wide wait, open. Though, wait, though. Wide so open. you said a top five. Yes. 
Okay, so what's nine? What, okay, yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to get too bent out if you say top five. If you said top three, we would have words. Yeah. But, but top five. So what's above it? So so my, my rankings are uh, number one, Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Agreed. No, number two, uh, A New Hope. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number three, mm-hmm. Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, number four and five is where it get, can get contentious. I split between uh, episode eight and Rogue One. Okay, oh. so you are counting the other movies. Yes. Okay, so you're counting Rogue One. You're also counting Solo. Uh, yes. Yeah, if we're counting Rogue One and Solo, um, the, the new Jedi should be way lower because both Rogue One and Solo were better movies. Absolutely. I 100% agree. <laughs> Uh, I disagree, but, you know, that's I don't know, but the sounds of that that's bell in the background, that horn, <laughs> it sounds like they agree with us. It means my time is up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I say, yeah, no, I would definitely put Rogue One over Last Jedi. Last Jedi mm-hmm. is, like, would literally be last on my list. I would even pick, as much as I don't like the prequel movies, I would even pick... Revenge of the Sith higher than wow. The Last Jedi. Mm, That's how much see, I yeah. dislike that movie. Yeah, I really dislike that movie. Very much so. Uh, but yeah, okay, so a couple of mine. Um, just things that would start a conversation, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think that national anthems should be played before sporting events. You know, it's so funny you bring that up because I was also going to bring that up yeah. as something that bugs you. Yeah, it does bug me a lot. It's not the Olympics. It means nothing. It was it was originally used as a recruitment tool for the military, uh-huh. and it, there's nothing patriotic about, you know, watching a Canadian team that's populated by mostly Europeans and Americans uh, playing against an American team populated mostly of Canadians. Like, <laughs> it, it, uh, like it, makes, it makes no sense to me, and I've, I, I, I don't understand it. They don't do it anywhere else in the world. They don't do it before soccer. They don't do it before anything anywhere else in the world, yeah. unless it is nation versus nation, like unless mm-hmm. it is a World Cup or the Olympics or where, where, the, where the, the flag matters, where you're playing for your country country in pro sports it, they're not playing for the country and it bothers me that they play the anthem uh before it i on the other hand john love yes. when they play the national anthem i will stand there proud i will take off my hat put really, it over yeah. my chest no. yeah, absolutely i love it no. i will sing along you do with huh? the crowd no. yes dude no it bugs I me i love it yeah i also <laughs> i also think that uh when it comes to cooking because you brought up cooking and that is it bothers me when people are proud of putting grill marks on a steak really yes why because it's a it, to me that's a ruined steak because a steak should not a properly cooked steak over uh-huh. fire should have no grill marks on it. No, but if you're gonna grill something on the barbecue, I find it very difficult unless you cook it on super low heat to to get to get wrong. grill marks. What's that? Then you're saying every restaurant is doing it wrong. Yes. What you, makes you yes. some sort of cooking because hero? because it shouldn't have grill marks because the grill marks are caused by the heat of like the cast iron yeah. hitting in I don't even know what it is like one of the enzymes in the meats and it's ba- it's burned it's not cooked and so all those spots in between the grill marks uh-huh. that aren't cooked yeah that's wasted right so people put it on there and they try and get perfect grill marks when really what you should be doing is constantly moving the steak around. Constantly, you don't want grill marks because you don't want those charred 
um, parts of the steak. What you want is that perfect, even, super dark red crust over the whole thing. You don't want black grill marks. See, on a, I on a did steak. steaks on the barbecue for dinner yesterday. Yeah. And I got grill marks, but I only put the steaks on for like a minute and a half, two minutes aside. Right. Uh, on super high heat. So yeah. I don't mind that crunchy, kind of um, uh, smoky, almost burnt little bit taste. Because yeah. the steak, when you cut right down the middle, mm-hmm. it was still mm-hmm. red. It was but still the, very, very rare. Yeah, but that whole outside should be crust. Oh. The whole outside. I'll so you oil, oil it up, Yeah, get it like super oiled up, and when you throw it on the grill and you get that fire shooting up around it, oh, start mm-hmm. moving it. Really? Yeah, start right. moving it around try that. because you want that like perfect everything needs to be that super super dark red. Always open to suggestions. A, as opposed to as opposed to grill marks. Uh, okay. so that that's my only uh only other thing Maury. Oh, mine is I think that uh, at Passover the Afi Komen search should be opened up to everybody, not just the youngest <laughs> children. The what? I don't know what that is. What is it? And this is always a debate because I think it's unfair that I've aged out for searching for the Afi Komen. What is the Afi? Is it the like- middle matzah? Okay. The old, like your grandfather or somebody will go and hide it, and the young children have to go and find it, and okay. if whoever finds it will get a dollar. Oh, I find it oh, like unfair. an Easter egg hunt. Yes, okay. I find it unfair. And if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, that this is an episode because Larry David found the kids cheating. <laughs> so I find it unfair that I'm unable to search for the Afikoman because of my age. So wh- at what age do you age out? It's always the youngest children. It's just once you, it's not an aging out thing. It's if there are young children, they go, you don't. Right. But who determines the right, age right, right, of... Right, right. Like, what if, like, a 13-year-old is there? If that's the youngest, then by all means, go at her. Okay. See, but I'm not the youngest. I'm not the youngest, and it's unfair. Why can I not participate? Wait, what? <laughs> it's the youngest that gets to participate? Yeah. So what if a 13-year-old is there and, the, and a 10-year-old is there? Then the, the 10 and the 13-year-old will go. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, so what if it's a 13-year-old and a 17-year-old? Then they, they go. Right? So at what age do you age out? Like at what age are you not allowed to participate? Oh, well, usually once you hit 20, you're too old. Oh, right? okay. So that was but the if you're doing a table and there's only the 20-year-old, then okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Then okay, sure what? The 20-year-old goes yeah. searching? Yeah, and they'll give For the you dollar? Yeah, and they'll give you something like, you know, here's uh here's, you know, Canadian Tire money or something. <laughs> Canadian Tire money. <laughs> that's, that's worth less than a dollar. Do you have anything, Mocha? Do you have anything? Um, you can't use the Effie Coleman one I just did. Yeah, don't ah, use that darn. one. Yeah, we I got to come know. up with another one. I know, it's crazy, huh? Um, Okay, if you have these, no offense to you. Oh, here we go. Okay. Yeah. Wear them proud. I know that they're comfortable. They're just not my thing. Okay. And the reason why I bring this up <laughs> is that it's been a very uh, steady conversation in our home for the past month now. Really? I do not want... And I do not like Crocs. <laughs> but does that spark debate? It does, because my wife got new Crocs that she said changed her life. Yeah. Right? And she got, like, the fancy ones where, I don't know if you guys know this. I say fancy because I've never seen these ones before. Yeah. But they have uh, an inner lining that is, like, um, like fluffy. Yes. Fluffy like, yeah. inner oh, lining. Like, like winter Crocs? Yeah. yeah. And they, she says that they are beautiful. They make her feet feel better. They're very comfortable. She bought a little right. set of Crocs for our son, Cruz, mm-hmm. who loves them. And she's like, listen, do you like they're so comfortable? And she's like, turn other people on in our lives to, to Crocs. Yeah, kids love Crocs, huh? Right? And I'm like, and she keeps bringing it up. And she's like, 
do you want like i have a coupon code it's gonna expire soon i can get you these crocs i'm like babe i'm good yeah i'm a-okay if you want to represent crocs like go ahead but it's not my thing at uh, all but I'll, you could wear them around the house you don't have to wear but, them and that's to... the thing she said that's exactly what she said she's like i'm just getting these for you for you to wear around the house and i'm like yeah. i don't want to wear them around the house if i want to wear shoes i'll buy like a set of jordans or air force ones that i can wear yeah. in the yeah, house but you can't she's wear like, those no. if it's no you can't wear your air force one whatever you just said around the house if it's cold you got to wear something like a slipper like a croc so, but i have slippers as well Catherine got me crocs for father's day okay yeah and i hate them I, I wore them once and I'll never wear them again. See? Yeah, but but I have but a friend. But yours are the fluffy ones. No, no, just regular Crocs. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. I get a friend of mine who goofed on me because I posted a picture of getting Crocs for um, for Father's Day. Yeah. He texted me right away and goofed on me. And this is the second pair of Crocs that Catherine has bought me. <laughs> okay? okay? The second pair. And yeah. he immediately texted me to goof on me. And so as a goof, I took one of my pairs of Crocs and I dropped them off at his house. <laughs> Good for you. Okay. And? Now it's the only thing he wears. Stop it! Yes. No! Yes. He loves Crocs? He loves them. No way! He's out there fixing his motorcycle. He's doing lawn work. Yeah? He's going to the grocery store. Oh, and loves yours them. are still brand new. And I have a pair of brand new Crocs sitting by the front door that I've never worn. Really? That I've never worn. I don't like them. Yeah. I don't like the little bumps on the bottom of them. I don't like the I don't like the way that the ankle thing, like the that hooks around the, the back of your yeah. heel, because I can't get out of them fast enough. I find that I like to just slip... Um, um, flip-flops That's on and enough. off. What are you in a rush to go? <laughs> okay, stop it. <laughs> Shut up. But I am 100% with you. I am. A, I have a wife that is all Crocs. She doesn't even wear them, though. She just wants me to have Crocs, yeah. right? And I'm Jenna and Catherine are the exact same, and I am so with you, which is I'm good. I don't need them, yeah. and I don't Just like yesterday them. yesterday, she brought it up again. No, it's not cool. He was like, oh, these Crocs feel so good on my feet. Are you sure you don't want me to get you <laughs> I would like to try the fuzzy <laughs> ones. Yeah? Like, can so, I get your coupon code? I'd love to try the the fuzzy ones. Like, she bought a set for my mother-in-law who was interested. Really, we have family uh, friends where the yeah. husband and wife got a set because she... Jenna, like, told them how comfortable they were. And th- this couple, yeah. they love their Crocs. And I'm like, love your Crocs. Do your thing. Represent Croc life. Yeah. I'm good, though. Croc like, life. Like, uh, don't, like, don't at me with this stuff. I didn't choose the Croc life. The Croc life chose me. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. And look at this. Okay, so look at this. We just had a 15-minute discussion about Crocs. So I hope that that answers your question. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, uh, although, Maury, yours was... Oh, the Uffy Cummins should be of all Ages. The Yuffie Coleman should be uh, should be all ages. I'm going to say that was a close second, but I'm going to say that the winner of this round definitely goes oh, to uh, Mocha and his Can Crocs. I toss in one more? No, we're done. We've just, we've decided a winner. But go go ahead. <laughs> it's gonna... not in competition. No, no, though. no. I just okay. wanted to because it's really bothering me. Yes. That when you're serving wine at your house, it should be in a stem glass, not those wine cups that are not with a stem that are more like a, a juice glass. If you're serving wine, it should have that stem. Why? Because that way you're not changing the temperature of the wine. You thought I wouldn't say something smart, did you? No. That is so pretentious. Yeah, it's so Honestly. pretentious, dude. No, it's, it's You're not that fancy, bro, when you drink one glass of wine a month. Um, yeah, who are you serving it to when you say that, by the way, when you're serving wine at your house? My stepmom came over and I gave her wine in one of those juice glass ones because that's yeah. what she says, I will not drink that unless there's a stem. See, I, So you can't say I'm pretentious, it's Donna. I only drink out of rock glasses when I have anything, especially wine. Mm-hmm. Like if I go to an event where they're serving up wine, I'll take the wine, ask for a rock glass, and I'll take the wine out of the wine glass and pour it into the rock glass. I truly do believe, though, that your hands change the temperature. 
I'm not saying they. I'm not saying they don't. I mean, I put ice in my white wine, so you know, I'm a savage at these things. But uh, but no, I I hate those glasses. I will never have wine glasses in the house. Really? Nah. Damn. No, everything just goes in a regular like I, we have like really nice low glasses. Yeah. Because I I've been like when you go to Italy, right? I'm telling you this, and I say this all the time. When you're sitting in Rome and you're sitting in a piazza on a patio and you're having a pizza, when you order a wine, they don't bring it to you in one of those big giant glasses with the long stem. Where they bring it in? In a regular glass. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. You've never said that before. What do you mean you say this all the time? I've, no, I've said it to people all the time oh, because I'm like, they're like, why don't you like a wine glass? And I'm like, I take my cue from Italians, right? And I, when you're sitting there, I was shocked because they have these round bottom glasses with mm-hmm. like that, that kind. Of, you know what it looks like? It looks like a wine glass without the stem. Yeah. Oh yeah, we have a ton of those in our right? house. That's what. That's Just what a they, regular yeah, stemless that's wine what glass. They, that's I what take, they give you wine. With. I take my cue from Niagara on the Lake people. Okay. <laughs> Hey, thanks so much, John. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, hey, let me ask you this question. Hey, yeah. Sham, come on in here for a second, because I was thinking about this the other day, um, and I want your opinion. I want to get uh, your opinion on it as well, sure. which is, um, which is, I was thinking a lot about, and I don't know why, I was thinking a lot about hip-hop mm-hmm. and how it's just so different from other genres of music, but not because of the actual artists or anything else. Because I think hip-hop, I think rap is like sports. And tell me if I'm wrong about this. Okay. Rap is populated and is carried through the young as opposed to other genres of music where it's almost like sports where you age out faster in rap than you do in any other genre of music. Are you talking about artists or people who enjoy the music? Okay, gotcha. Artists. Artists. Where if you look at people who were super popular even in, say, the year 2000, right? Which is the same year that, like, Coldplay came out. Coldplay still touring, still doing albums, still doing everything else. There's very few artists in hip-hop that were megastars in 2000 that could even sell out anything today and it's all young artists it's like it's like sports to me where they just keep cycling through young artists after young artists after young artists like the biggest names in raps to me change even in the the 11 years we've been doing this show oh absolutely there have been like four or five different kings of the moment and it's all young 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 and then they age out yeah Yeah. like you bring up early 2000s you couldn't have let's say pre-COVID world, right, where you could do an arena show. You couldn't put on a bill like Ja Rule is coming to enter city no. name here or 50 Cent is going to whatever city or Nelly and, yeah. like, have that stadium sell out the way you would if you said, hey, Drake is going to be in your city. Mm-hmm. So right. I to say two things. You mentioned Drake. I think that's what makes Drake so impressive, his run, his decade-long run sort of as the guy at the top or at least one of the guys that you talk about at the top which is what i'm saying is that a, yeah. de- a decade is not it should not be considered long no but it's no. crazy that no. it is but in hip-hop it's, it's it's a long time the other thing i'll say is i think yes definitely uh, hip-hop will age you out but i also think there's a certain level of respect for the guys that let's say do age out in yeah. hip-hop that doesn't necessarily occur in other genres like you look at female artists okay and i and i always will you look at the female artists because the guys are whatever but you look at the female artists and you look at female artists in other genres whether it was country or rock or whatever and then you look at those female artists that were popular at the time at the same time missy elliott was popular those other women and all those other genres are still killing it mm-hmm. yep. and still selling out where Missy was the biggest thing in the world at that time. And she aged out. 
Yeah, I mean, she's definitely taken much more of a behind-the-scenes sort of role, right? Like, she's not she's not out in front of the camera doing, you know, music videos like she did back in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's very different. I don't know why that's the case with hip-hop, with hip but I also think hip-hop sort of evolves in a way that other music genres don't. And I don't say that as a criticism mm-hmm. of the other genres or of hip-hop. It's, it's just different, right? I mean, you talk about 50 Cent and even, like, Flow Rider. Like, think about how different that sort of hip-hop is compared to a lot of the hip-hop that you hear now, which is very, well, some of it is very, um, what's the best way to say this? Mumble rap. Can... Mumble rap. Yeah. There you go. Mumble right? rap, right? It, it's just different. And I think it, uh, because it evolves differently, I think it, it makes it a lot more, um, I think it makes the artist a lot easier a lot more disposable. That's the best way to put yeah. it. Yeah. Unfortunately, when the new thing... Because I don't think they're built to last, right? When the new thing came out, which is mumble rap, it was like everyone that was gravitating towards that kind of, of hip-hop looked at everything before and was like, well, that's old now. Like, mm-hmm. nobody's doing any of that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's because literally everyone started doing mumble rap, and that mm-hmm. became uh, the most popular kind of genre of within hip-hop. Like, to me, it just seems that every other genre of music... Okay, so even you get into like, you know, diva pop. So Mariah, there's still a place in the world for Mariah Carey. Absolutely. Okay, there's still a place in the world for the Britney. Ro- for, for Britney. Yeah, there's still man. a place in the world for Aerosmith. There's still a place in the world for Coldplay. There's no place in the world for Will Smith and LL Cool J standing on a stage. Unless they're hosting a TV Unless show. Unless they're hosting a TV show. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's right. Fair. That's fair. And it's wild. It's wild because yeah. those two, like even guys like Will Smith and LL Cool J, like they're like they're not still selling out tours like everybody else of their age in every other genre of music. Yeah. yeah. Like look at Bon Jovi. How long has Bon Jovi? Oh my God. Been together since 1980. Yeah. And wow. still selling out arenas yeah. all over the oh, world. Bon- yeah, they could they could tour forever if they wanted to. And Completely. They would sell. Dude, Nickelback can still sell out wherever yeah. they go. Right? Yeah. It's interesting to me. So, and I, and I don't get it because I'm not a huge fan, but I don't get why people age out. So why the turnover? And it's not even just a turnover for what's popular. It's a turnover for your entire career yeah. is yeah. so short-lived. I don't know. I find the hip-hop audience is just so savage. Oh, they'll get rid of you if they don't right? like you right like away. Like if they don't, yeah. yeah. And if there's a song that comes out or if there is, again, a movement that takes over mm-hmm. where then everybody else starts doing it, they will look at everything before and just treat it as being whack and you're done right i think i'd also know why i think hip-hop more than any other genre really sort of um it's sort of based on like being cool it's not always just about the actual music so Mm -hmm. for example you mentioned diva diva pop like the mariahs and and whatnot it's all about their music right it's about their actual music their talent their voice Mm -hmm. i think hip-hop it's a whole it's a whole thing it's not just the the music itself it's the whole using this word swag of it all right the whole cool vibe of it and it's not easy to stay cool for a long period of time tell me about it you know (laughs) 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 all right thank you Uh, rachel has a question here for dammit maury do the people that dammit maury interacts with for example like hot george from the gym know who he is and do they listen to the live show or the podcast and hear him talking about them okay when you talk about like hot george or other people you find wildly attractive do those they, people do know they, those do, people know yes. yeah do yes. they know like who you well, are that you work for the ross and yeah, show well, and other people mention it to them right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i imagine that there's a lot of that that's why you got to keep your mouth shut <laughs> tixiana says here uh, if you could commit any crime and get away with it what would you choose and why obviously i'd fix the lottery 
to win money. Yeah, anything for for monetary gain. Yeah, like I'm Absolutely. like I'm not gonna say murder because I don't want to murder somebody. <laughs> I'm not a murderer. I would say bank robbery because you don't have to wait for the results. I wouldn't even rob a bank, man. Yeah, <laughs> like too man, risky. Actually, no. You know what? If I if I was guaranteed to get away with That's it, what it yeah. says. Yeah. Maybe I would like to be involved in some sort of caper thing only because I would like planning it. But that then again, you know, that's sort of, you know, fixing the lottery too. Like you need some sort of plan on how to fix the lottery. Like you'd have to sit down and really plan it out or like robbing a casino or something or, train. or something like that or robbing a train. Like what kind of train? Like a via? Yeah. Like what do you like? You want the <laughs> coffee and like <laughs> and a couple cans of Pringles? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, my answer was going to be along the money lines yeah. of, because I love, love, love gambling in Vegas. I mean, I'm not going to Vegas anytime soon, but yeah. I would uh, rig a game so that I oh, won every so, single no. And so everybody could, like, be there with you and, like, yeah. watch you do this. That's yeah. a good one. That's yeah. a great Stealing one. art. Boom. Stealing drop. art. Yeah. But here's the problem with not that, Not to resell though. it, just to hang it up in your home. But here's the problem with that, though, is I don't know. You, you couldn't tell anybody about it. No, but I'd get away with it. According to the question, and then I could just have the Mona Lisa in my house. No, no, you would get away with the actual theft of it, but that doesn't mean that it's not eventually going to come out and people would question why you own this. Well, I'm sure that's it'll get inevitable. out once I start selling tickets for people to see it in my living room. Right, yeah. So you would steal that's, art. You that's would never you, allow that. that. Strangers in your home? Yeah, you, but that's how you would make your money back. Why, then why not say this? Who's the favorite artist working right now? Well, oh, that's not dead? Yes. Oh, Mr. Brainwash. Okay, so why wouldn't you say, if you could get away with a crime, why wouldn't you say this, that you could literally put yourself in a room and whether you're, I don't know whether you're using a gun or you're doing something, but you force him to do a custom piece for you and then that way you don't have to hide it. See, but the question's better if it's dead people because then the art's worth more. Okay. So what would you steal? Oh, you some Monet. Or the Mona Lisa. Using the gun situation. A Warhol. Brainwash. Right? Mm -hmm. Does that custom piece. Mm -hmm. And not to get morbid or anything, yeah. but as soon as he's done the custom piece, <laughs> oh, then you then shoot yeah. him in the head, yeah, brain yeah. splatter all over the art oh, piece, boom, it's worth more. Brainwashed by brainwash. Oh my and God. And you literally call the painting brainwash. Yes. Just like when Andy Warhol was shot, the, yes. the, there was two paintings behind him that had a bullet hole in them, and those ones are now priceless. Yeah, I know where his I know where his, however, his studio is. However, Maury would be committing two crimes. He would only get away with one of them <laughs> in that scenario. <laughs> so That's true. you're going, you're doing time. <laughs> uh, Flu Buzz asks, ramen or pho? Oh, easy, ramen. No, pho. Ramen because it has a very cool, awesome, unique, creamy taste to it, which I really, really love. See, and I haven't I, had I. And ramen comes with that, the I egg in it. Mm -mm. No, for me, it's pho. Yeah, 100%. I've had so much. Oh, my God. Yeah. Man, and, there was this place that, this pho place, like two blocks or a block and a half away from my last work, the last radio station I was at. Mm -hmm. And we would go there like maybe two or three times a week. Yeah. It's so good. I'll tell you the other thing that I love about when you order pho, if you get it from a good place, they literally serve it to you like in a gallon. Yeah. Like it's oh, so man. much soup. It's oh, crazy. All it's that so, sodium. All that Yo, sodium. you leave, if you finish the whole thing and you leave, you are full oh. for like the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. And so bloated no, too. No, you oh, need to hook man, an IV ramen. up for fluids. <laughs> like you're so dehydrated after that much But the same could be said with ramen. You get a ton of ramen. No, I just prefer pho though. I like the meat. I like how they give it to you and it's all raw and then you put it all in the soup and you can control your amount. And then I like that brown, hot, the hot brown that they give you. 
whatever that stuff is. Oh, the oyster sauce? Yeah, and then you mix it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. See, to me, that's that's just, it's if, just the best. If you're ever in New York and want the best ramen, you go to Ivan Ramen. Don't want it. Don't want it. Well, I'm going to go to New York and I want the best pho. I don't, I don't want know the best, the best ramen. Pho. I'm telling you where the best ramen what about is. Ivan Pho. What about Ivan Pho? No, yeah. there's only Ivan Ramen. Um, oh. Too bad. <laughs> okay, here's a question that comes to us simply from bruh. Okay. What is something you've done that you regret to this day? Oh. What's your answer? Uh, when I once interviewed uh, Justin Bieber and I never asked for a selfie. You regret that? What? Yeah, I don't know why, but I, I've actually thought about this often where I'm like, I can't believe I never even asked for a selfie. Uh, How often do you think? I know what this? Matthew's answer would be the one time where I asked if he wanted to come with me to meet Lady Gaga and he stayed home and cleaned the bathroom because he didn't know who Lady Gaga was and didn't care. Oh, wow. Interesting. That's a tough one. That's a mm. tough one years later. Yeah. That's a tough What's one. What's something that you've done that you regret till this day? Oh, okay. Uh, once. Well, I mean, I'm married now, but there was one time where a guy I was interested <laughs> really? in. Really? You don't act like it. Yeah, a guy a, you're I, interested in. The guy I was interested in, and he called and told me we were having an argument about potatoes. I'll never forget this. And he said that he loved me, and I, I, I was in shock and hung up the phone. Oh. And then he never spoke to me ever again. Well, you yeah, because you hung up on him. But you yeah, were, I know. You were shocked because he said he loved you? Yeah, and I didn't know how to respond, so I just hung up. Did oh, you okay. love him back? I did. But I just don't, I don't think I was ready to hear it at that point. Right. And I do you mean, think that things still worked be... out the way they worked out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I do you no think idea. you'd still be together with him? It's hard to say. So you never called him back or you didn't? He never returned your call. He never returned my call. Really? Oh, so yeah. that was it. That was your last encounter or sorry, your last conversation with him. I hung up and closed that chapter on my life. Well, no, he closed that chapter. You didn't close that chapter. You called well, him no, back. No, but I hung up, so I No, no, but you it. called him back. Right, and he never called me back. Correct. He closed the chapter. Oh, yeah. Ooh. But wouldn't you say that I closed it by hanging up? No, you did not. You no. panicked, and then he realized that you were uh, crazy, mm -hmm. and <laughs> then he closed the chapter. Oh, he... Yes. See, I would say that I did by hanging up because if no. the chapter wasn't closed, if by you hung up and never called him again, and then he kept calling you and you never returned his phone call, I would say that you closed the chapter. But you panicked, and then he closed the chapter. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you Ross? hung up the phone, he closed the chapter. I guess it depends on how you look at it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> we just, <laughs> just, just looked at it both example. ways. <laughs> Anything that you regret? Nah, I don't really have a lot of regrets Yeah, in I was life. thinking about this as well, and I'm like... <sighs> I've done a lot of stupid things, but Same. I don't really regret anything. Because all those things that I've done that I was, you know, that you would maybe look at and say, well, yeah, I regret doing that. In doing that, it taught me a lesson. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it helped me moving forward like that time that i got arrested for stealing from hmv and you know had to Oof. go to court good. and got good. like a parole officer and everything oh, and then had to write a report for the judge and then show up for for my court case Oof. you know like obviously i regret that because i made i disappointed my family it was the first time i'd ever seen my dad cry yeah oh, because he was so so upset that's so disappointed and yeah. that hurt me but do you think you still have a record back no. do i have a record for that no. no 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 no. that's gone but like looking back at that like i'm glad i went through that experience because it helped me like down the road but i mean i have like regrets about things like the way that i handled like when my dad was dying and stuff like that yeah. but that's just you know what are you gonna do i'm not gonna beat myself up over it um, although I do still beat myself up over it, but it's like, that's just, you can't, you, you can't let that kind of stuff rule, not ruin, but rule your, your life. Charmaine has this question for the room. Yeah. 
Have you ever been nervous doing the show or something else in your professional life? If so, what was it and what do you do to overcome your nerves? Oh, pause for one second. I do have a few regrets. Oh, okay. I do have a few regrets. Hit me. Which is when I started doing interviews. So uh, I used to work for one station. I did uh, a late night show on that station and then I did another sort of entertainment show and then I went off to do ET Canada. And I had on both stations the same sort of bosses that were doing it. And everything was very different then when it came to the way that you would do these interviews and cover entertainment because there was no social media at the time. Um, Perez Hilton didn't even exist yet, okay. right? So we were sort of like writing the the new rule book on what celebrity entertainment was. And then Perez Hilton sort of hit and everything was shifted to a sort of meaner tone. Yeah. And... I would get asked to go and do interviews with people and talk to them about the most private and uncomfortable things that had nothing to do with the thing that they were promoting. Sure. And I used to get sent to do all these interviews because I was the best at it. Mm -hmm. And I would do it. And I put people in some really, really uncomfortable situations and asked people things that I had no business asking about because my philosophy was is that it was better to have Lindsay Lohan mad at me for five minutes than have my boss mad at me for five months because that's what would have happened because I just never would have been sent out on stuff. And so I had my own sort of moral code that I compromised because I never felt comfortable doing that stuff. And so I compromised my own moral code doing those interviews. And then eventually we changed and um, we changed before the rest of culture changed when it came to when it came to sort of, you know, being going back to being friendly, Um, still inquisitive and still you still do the news, but you're 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 coming at things from from a non malicious point of view where we spent years being extremely malicious with the Mm. way that we did interviews. And uh, and I regret that. I regret that I sort of went against my own morals when it came to how you talk to just even another human being. Um, that I regret that. I regret those. I regret those moments. I regret having putting you know Penelope Cruz in a position of where she stopped the interview down and leaned forward in her chair and started pointing at me in the face, yelling at me in Spanish. Really? Right? Yeah, yeah. Like moments <gasps> like moments like that Whoa. where where I didn't even want to. I didn't want to ask the question, and it wasn't even that great. And it was never going to be that great. Yeah. Right. But I just I turned her off so much that um that you know she in that moment you know nothing was gained but just everything was lost have any of those celebs that you interviewed back in the day like when you would have to ask them those those questions Mm -hmm. would you like after you've changed and things have changed Mm -hmm. where you're not asking those questions anymore have you had any encounters with any of these people where they remember you from the bad time let's call it the bad time of questioning (sighs) Um, no, no. And I, and I wish that I wish I had, and there was one example that came up recently on social and it, and it really, and it sort of broke my heart a little bit, which was they used to love when I would go and do these interviews and they would get really flirty. Mm. Right. So they would anytime there was like some sort of young starlet or whatever, they would send me to do these interviews because they, the mandate was 
you know, just go and have a good time and just be super flirty. And then I would bring these tapes back, these interviews back, and it would be just that. And then everybody would high five me and they'd be like, oh my God, it was like great. Like she loved you and like all this stuff. Yeah. And so I would go in with that mandate. And then there was a moment about, I think it was about a year and a half ago, Megan Fox was talking about being sexualized at a young age in, in Hollywood. And what somebody did was they pulled up one of my really old interviews with Megan Fox where I went in sort of with that mandate to talk about how sexy she was and sort of like, you know, start flirting with her and everything else. And somebody pulled a clip from one of my really, really old interviews with, with Megan Fox and people just went in on me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they just man. went in on me. And I, and I, I want to take it in the conversation to be like, I regret this. Yeah. Like, this was not me. This is not what I wanted to talk to her about, but I had a mandate going in there and this is what was expected of me, whether that's right or wrong. I shouldn't have done it. I should have had a better, you know, sort of moral code. But, um, but yeah, that sort of, so that sort of crushed me a little little bit but I had I didn't know how bad some of those interviews were yeah. that I did and then when that happened I started going back and like I remember just sitting in front of Lindsay Lohan you know where she was promoting a movie and it was the first movie she had just like finished rehab or whatever it was and they only wanted me to talk to her about drinking like that was Aww. the only thing and literally I would go and do these interviews and they were like if you come back with anything other than this it's a massive failure Really? Yeah, that, like those are the conversations oh I would have. Damn. So I'd be like crapping my pants, you know, yeah. going to do these interviews where I, I just had to sit in front of them and, uh, and, and do it. So I regret that stuff. Yeah. I regret that stuff that I didn't stand up sooner. So back to Charmaine's question. Have you ever been nervous doing the show or something else in your professional life? If so, what was it? What did you do to overcome those nerves? Um, nerves? No. Nothing? Dan Mori? No. Um, I get nervous still all the time when I'm going to go and do an interview, which I was told is still a good thing because yeah, it wrong means with that. that it's still that you're still passionate about it. But I, I could sit in a hallway at a hotel before going in to interview anybody. And I, I mean, you remember how nervous I was looking at Roz right now when I said that mm -hmm. um, when I was about to interview Madonna, when you were also interviewing and I was like, oh, yeah, you were losing your mind. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I was, yeah. yeah, so I still get very nervous. Um, I get nervous anytime we have to do something in front of people. Oh, yeah. On, on any part of my life. Mm. I, don't, I don't like that. I still don't like it. I don't enjoy it at all. At all. Yeah, but other, than, other than that, no, I don't get, not, not doing this show. I'm with Damon Mori. I get very, very nervous when it comes to interviews. You like do. when people, even like up until like pre COVID. And yeah. we could have somebody in here that visits us like once a year, somebody like Jason Priestley. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he comes in, visits us once a year. And, I will still get nervous talking to them. Really? Yeah? I still get extremely nervous around uh, talking to, to celebrities who are, like, especially, you know, big time, larger than mm -hmm. life. It happened you know last I mean? week. I was pacing around because it was a phone when I was talking to Carol Baskin. Mm -hmm. Of all people, I was nervous going in to talk to Carol Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> Every week you'll find us on Instagram at Kiss925. Ask your question as part of Ask Razamoka, and we will invite one of you to ask your question live. Uh, and we'll just go through uh, as many questions as we can and answer uh, answer them on the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Catch the guys live. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10. On KISS 92.5. KISS 92.5.com. Or download the KISS 92.5 app.